today can't be a bad day because I'm still just reading lots of replies on this Fosty thread. So <laughs> it's a bit of a banger, isn't yeah. it? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. We talk about some esports stuff with some lovely, beautiful individuals, uh, not old or grumpy, in the slightest. Today, we're covering uh, Counter Strikes. It's Go, Valorant. We've got some League of Legends stuff, all that lovely business. And most importantly, we've got the forfeit for Rich. He has not done very well in his predictions. He's done pretty terribly, in fact. And we're going to see what Thornton's got in store for him a bit later on. But as is tradition for the beginning of our side select shows. I, I have a question for you, lovely gentlemen. I need to ask you. Shag, marry, kill. Wedges, fries, curly fries. Oh. Wait a minute. Now, wedges, I, will preface, I will preface this by saying you probably wouldn't want to shag an inanimate... Well... This is metaphorical, of course, yes. A metaphorical shag being like, it, I guess the marriage in this sense would be what could you have for the rest of your life? There you go, yeah. And the shag is like the, it's great, but maybe... So then Fox, like, just have it occasionally, yeah, and yeah, then kills yeah. just, you never ever get to have this ever again. And you're like, okay, that's, that yeah. works, that works. Okay, yeah. okay. Because okay. here's the weird thing, though. I actually, I'll go first on this, because here's the thing I've always wondered about with UK people. Because in theory, I'm supposed to be one of you. I don't get the obsession with, like, twisted fries and i've never understood why that is better than a normal fry and what i think it's because i'm guessing you guys just like the texture of the burn parts i've never thought twisted fries tastes better than normal fries i've never never i would never choose that by default and by the way it goes without saying if you're over the age of about eight and you have those potato <laughs> things that are like a wedge but they're a face with a you're a cunt and you're for whole family of cunts like and i don't care to a man who you are like i'm sorry like just fucking grow up and get off that estate so what i would say is i'm gonna go kill on the twister fries immediately i've just never got it i don't get what you guys get it maybe you can tell me about it in a second so if I, then i'm going between wedges and fries and i'll just have to say i'll do like whatever marry to fries and then i'll take like wedges as the side bitch or whatever because i actually do think the, look here's the problem with this topic right is fries can be so variable as i've discussed in the past whereas actually wedges are mega consistent they're exactly what you think every single time it's just the problem is i don't think they're as delicious the best wedge isn't as good as the best fry to me so i'll take fries overall as i say feel free to fucking enlighten me as to what the deal is with this twist of fries thing I don't get it myself. I don't get it. Are you into twisted fries, curly fries yourself, Rich? Uh, so if not, I can maybe I can. That, so here's like, here's like, the thing, because I think it's not just about the shape of the the. By the way, really quick side tangent. This is another uh, middle class white kid abroad story, right? I was in Germany and we were at, outside an ice cream parlor and I'm just queuing with like my brother and my brother-in-law, but my brother's like quite a bit further back in the queue. And I'm, I see like they say spaghetti ice cream, right? Oh and there's God. two ice creams next one. to each other. One is like this strawberry, it basically ice cream with strawberry sauce and shit on it. And then there's- You already like, know where this is going. He obviously just fucking replaces it and then gives them the fit. Go on, keep no, going, No, no, on. no, no. Then there's, on, then there's a, an identical ice cream, ice right. cream with strawberry shit all over it, but it's called spaghetti ice cream. And this is like a big thing in Germany. This is a joke. It doesn't have yeah. any spaghetti in it, right? No, they, 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 literally, it like, right? they literally just cut it using like a spaghetti thing. So it's all like right. spaghetti uh, rice, right? I, but it's two euros yeah. more. And actually it's slightly less ice cream, right? It even says, in the thing it's slightly okay. less ice cream and i was talking to my brother and i'm like this is so stupid like what moron would possibly fall for that <laughs> marketing that is absolutely ridiculous go. so then we go and sit down 
And then my brother's like waving to me. He's like, Rich, look at this. Spaghetti yes. and ice cream. <laughs> there you go. Like, Classic. Uh, to be fair, what I would say is my brother's not a moron. We did have no, two, no, two, course, small, no. two small kids there and he did buy it to like sure. entertain them. But still, yeah, yeah. it was pretty funny. <laughs> By the way, anyway. I've got a random aside for you because I'll tell you a very brief anecdote, right? It's not to do with me, but it was just in someone in my circle of group a long, long time ago. But this story is mental, right? The reason I'm going to tell this story is because I've never in my entire life discovered an anecdote that was actually like essentially showed that one person just is a bad person this is mental there's no other way to read this right what happened was there was a family of people just normal british family and they go to like a normal you know like an outing on a day and they're at the seaside and they go over and you get the ice creams don't you from the mr whippy van you get the big vanilla ice cream the really creamy one that everyone likes not just the shit out of the tub the proper one out of the machine that goes like that so she goes over right this girl goes over and she gets all the ice creams for the family and she comes back. This is mental, man. To this day, I can't even believe the story's real, but it is a real story. She comes back and she comes over with the ice creams and she goes, there you go, like auntie so-and-so, there's like, there you go, Bill. And then this is not a joke. She turns to her dad who was paying for the ice creams and goes, oh, sorry, I dropped yours and starts eating hers. That's one of the most insane, because what's insane about that story, like I said, there's no other reading there. That person is just a twat. Because like, what they literally don't even understand the pre premise of is like anyone else, I hope, hearing that story goes, well, obviously yours is the one that gets dropped, isn't it? That just goes without saying. That's not even someone that would even need to be brought up. So like, even the idea you turn, by the way, to the person who paid it and just go like, sorry, I just ran, arbitrarily, I picked yours out and that was the one I dropped. So that's yours dropped down. Like, what? Like, that's mental, isn't it? That is fucking mental. Oh, dear. Yeah, slightly, sorry. Slightly sidetracked. Anyway, bring question, it back. Bring it back to fries. I want to bring it back. Yeah. So the thing, the thing with curly fries is typically, like, let's say you go to McDonald's or something and they're doing a special, oh, for two weeks only curly fries, they do taste different than their actual fries. They are like more mm. potato y and to be honest, they sure. just taste like they have more shit in. What I would say is generally, I do find uh, curly fries quite tasty, but they're quite sickly as well. Like I wouldn't want to eat curly fries every time I ate fries. Like to me, they are quite, mm. I don't know what they've got in them. But it, I mean, basically tastes like they've got sugar in them or something like they're just very sickly sweet, I find. So even though I do like curly fries and some, if I'm queuing and I'm really hungry, I think I want curly fries, but halfway through the curly fries, I'm like, ah, that's a bit much. Like I've indulged a bit too far here. I would have rather had fries. So I'll kill curly fries as well. <laughs> I will marry normal fries just because they are the most versatile for sure like obviously you get some terrible fries but they're the most versatile for sure and wedges do go with a lot of things as well like, i mean ultimately with nine time nine out of ten meals if you replace the fries with wedges so you're, you're not gonna have a hissy fit are you you're something like eh, maybe this I'm... is slightly suboptimal yeah. so yeah and there are a few things where i'd rather have wedges than fries so yeah i'll i'll kill the poor curly fries I am going to shag the shit out of those curly fries. I knew there had, I, one, there had to be someone loving this fucking. I, there we go. I think they're there quite. It's like it's okay. like chopping. It's like chopping your sandwich into triangles. It just everyone just knows that makes it taste slightly better. That is and true. It does actually. That it is does. true. Yeah. That is unironically yeah. true. Yeah. No, I don't know why. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Curly fries are a bit like that for me, but I also agree with you a little bit, Rich. Like, I don't think I'd want them all the time as a substitute for standard chips slash fries you know and and that means i am actually going to kill the wedges in this scenario too because i just think wedges they're like they're just not as good in my opinion i just prefer fries i think fries are nicer like you know you know what you're getting with 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 a good good batch of fries and like you know you can get some proper nice fries like i, I actually good. think the the, like the fuck marry kill on this one i actually think it's kind of 
kind of appropriate, at least from my perspective, because it is kind of like all oh, those curly fries, those sultry, sickly sweet <laughs> curly fries. Do I dare dabble? But then, you know, you go home to reliable plain Deborah and you do realize this is <laughs> this is more, you know, one one for the stable. She's less exciting, but yeah. she's yeah, she, she's so. old reliable Deborah. She'll she'll <laughs> yeah, always definitely. be consistent through the years. You can't trust that that slutty little curly snack on the side no that's by the way if anyone's wondering because the hilarious thing if you're not actually british and you watch these intro segments is i hope you're actually realizing now that the reason actually why all those discussions about like is british food good is german food good the reason those discussions are utterly moot if you're talking to anyone british is anyone working class british isn't even eating british food anyway all they have for dinner i'm not joking every single night is some variant of like some sort of potato a fry or a wedge or mashed potatoes some sort of meat so it'll be like chicken roasted chicken 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 drumsticks, chicken wings, chicken like it's all some form of fucking chicken or sausages, and then like beans or peas. Like if you don't know, it's really fit. That's actually half of why the twister fry thing's even a thing because the way that your mom can sort of spice up the same shite you're eating four days a week at like five p.m. or whatever. So it's just a way to make it seem like it's a bit weird. It's why you have like the fucking if you're just eating vanilla ice cream, it's like every now and then a bit of Neapolitan in it, a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of the old <laughs> other two in there. <laughs> I, I could get behind that one to see. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. I think that's. I think that's a fair comment. But I also think that you can't beat a good roast, and even 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 working class families. Like I grew up, you know, single single parent on the doll and stuff, and we still had a nice Sunday roast. The most, it, it? the most underwhelming food of all time, though. I I would say it's like when you go to school. Assuming you don't go to like some super fancy school or whatever, and the week before you break up for Christmas. And it's like the Christmas food day, and everyone's like, "Ooh, mm. it's always so fucking oh, God, whack. slice of turkey, it's like so <laughs> bad." And you wonder yeah. why you got excited, but next year you're all over. I was again. like that from fish and chips day. And fish, we had a fish and chips day like once or twice a year. It was garbage. It was garbage for school meals. Anyway, uh, garbage school meals aside, let's talk about esports, shall we? Although I read the comments in these in these videos, Rich, and and people want they they want they want a food specialty podcast. Mate, people love the intros, qualified. and people keep messaging. I got I've had DMs, like actual not even comments. I've had actual DMs from people saying, "When's the off uh, When's the off topic episode coming?" I'm like, "Yeah, what?" <laughs> like again, obviously they just value our opinions so much, and clearly we're an expert in all of these topics that they just want to hear us talk and about. The, other the other way, the the answer to that question is when absolutely nothing is happening. That's when that episode's happening just so you know the joke is the only sponsors this show would ever actually be eligible appropriate for would be things like oh and if you if you like tomato ketchup try this new curry infused one that was you know it's now available it has to be something because it's all just like whatever food normal kids i'm i won't i won't say too much and i won't name i am unironically talking to a takeaway provider at the moment let's fucking go all right we'll see there you go. What's your no favorite food from? There you go. <laughs> that would be yeah, exactly. Thing. But you can you can theme the you can theme the intros. That was like my. That would be good. That's yeah, the, yeah. That's the pitch. That should be a fun angle. Yeah. We'll see. Brilliant. Um. Anyway, this is not the off-topic episode, although it, it's it may seem like that. We actually do have some esports things to discuss, and there's quite some interesting things to discuss as well. I, I I've I like what we're going to talk about today. I think we can get a little bit a little bit spicy, so that's good. Um, first of all, we're going to start with League of Legends and uh, Europe in the LEC. Misfits, it's come out that they're selling their LEC spot. This is a team that's been around for, for, for donkeys. 
they were even playing in the UK scene in like 2016 or something like that. I remember Misfits Banditos, they had Alfari before he went pro and I think Maxwell was on that team as well. Uh, but they, they, they've been a stable name for, for a long time. Um, even though they're actually an NA-based org, they've, have a, they've had a big presence in uh, in EU. Uh, but they're going to be leaving. They're going to be leaving uh, next year, season 13, 2023. Uh, and Heretics is thought to be to be buying their spot. It's all but confirmed. Um, and and for, for reference, they're going to be buying it for $45 million, which I'm going to say is maybe like 35 to 40 million euros and the original buy-in back in 2013. Oh, the same now it is, Stan, yeah. because you were the dollar in it, but you yeah, were in the, yeah, old, in the no, good old true. days. It's exactly the same, yeah, in yeah, the good yeah, old yeah. Days, yeah. Yeah, true. yeah, no, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, about 45 million euros as well. That bang on one-to-one, wasn't it? That was a big yeah. headline, yeah. Um, and, and for reference, the buy-in initially back in 2017 when fr- franchising first started was like 10 mil. Um, Eight for them because so, they're legacy. Okay, right. eight. Right, yeah, yeah. It was and also, if people don't know it, 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 you, just like all the franchises, you don't actually pay that amount up front. It vests over time, essentially. Over three years. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's why, for example, I think a really misunderstood aspect of this whole topic is people really think that when, like, Overwatch League launched, that, like, the owners sent a Brinks truck with, like, $20 million. To, no one ever did that, guys. Like, that, they still won't even have paid the whole amount off on that. In fact, as a, an aside, because we'll be talking about this in a second, I would even guess leagues like the Overwatch let people defer payments for a year or two while they're having all these nightmare problems in the league. I've heard things like that. So, Some people yeah, anyway. haven't paid a penny, by the way, for Overwatch League yet. Exactly. So it's a wow. big thing. Right, it's a complicated topic, actually, yeah. All right, well, it's good that we're breaking it down then. We're going to be jumping into it. Um, yeah, that basically, I just want to get your, your reactions, your thoughts on this. You know, Misfits leaving and specifically Heretics as an organization taking their spot. What are your thoughts? Rich, coming in you first. Let me pick your brain. So I want to get two things kind of <clears throat> out the way to begin with. The first is like on the business side, obviously this is a really good business for Misfits, right? Like they're at least 4Xing slash 4.5Xing what they paid for the slot. Obviously you have the year-to-year costs to pay the players and all the rest of it. So they have been bleeding. It's not quite as simple as, oh, now they're 35 million in profit. No, they will be a lot less than that. But it's still good business. Like what you could say is obviously, well, if they just waited a little bit longer, they get more money. I mean, the rumors about how much Astralis are asking for their slot and so on. Like, yeah, maybe, but it's risky as fuck. Like you're not an idiot if you sell early and make massive profit, but then the thing still goes 3x from what it was. You're just not as efficient as you could have possibly have been. But again, and this is like an old sort of crypto adage, they always say, but like, always take your profits don't just hope that the coin keeps like shooting to the sky and let's be honest at this point the difference between esports and crypto is about as equally speculative i'd say so selling for profit and this level of profit as i said it's about going to be about 4.5x on the purchase price that is good business that's the first thing the second thing is i want to slightly dispel this really annoying narrative that came out at the time about like how fucked over all the employees are getting and it's just the big lads like the big ownership walking away blah 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 First of all, I'll preface this by saying I have no idea what conversations, if any, happened between management and the people that work there. I'm guessing, based on what Deficio and some other people said, probably not many, if any, and probably they were to a certain extent blindsided. But that to one side, because we can't possibly know outside of their word, is with something like this, 
it's always possible to happen. Like people like DeFisher aren't stupid. When you take a job in esports, you know how speculative it is. You know how short-lived these things can be. And you also know that with the buying and selling of slots and the whole concept of franchising, it's entirely possible something could be sold at any moment in time. So the only thing we can be critical of them for, that we know from the outside in, is guessing whether or not conversations were had. Because there's no way anyone ever said, unless they're just a completely disingenuous piece of shit, I promise you I will never sell this asset and by the way the lcs the or the lec sorry the only reason to have ever bought in the first place once it was established through you know what h2k did and what other orgs did where it was clear that it wasn't going to be profitable out of the box and most likely would not be profitable ever is building up an asset's worth so you can resell it that was the only reason to invest in the first place so to pretend like especially by the way i'm just going to call him out someone like veteran who lived through the the sort of heartbreak if you like of realizing that actually you know, he wasn't going to have the job that he thought that he would have. And that's a bit more complicated. Like, obviously, he believed that he would get that. And I'm not going to judge based on that. But the idea that you believe that even if you had got into franchising, and even if you had had a job that that was just you had tenure basically for like for life no bullshit these what are you things referencing here, but I'm, I'm just a bit out oh, well, of the loop ba- on this. Uh, so like, basically like, as in he would have been working with h2k yeah, if so, you'd yeah, have been that, in that, was, that was that was the plan like he was going to continue as the coach for h2k and he was told that if if, if there were circumstances under which we would be in franchising. Oh, and he's he comparing be... that to what yeah. happens to misfits employees no, he, now. He's not comparing that. I'm just saying he should. He was one of the people that called this out. Yeah, he was one of the people that called this out. I'm saying enough. you of all people should know. Like yeah, yeah. nothing in esports is <clears throat> sacred or safe. Like like it, it would take an idiot to not understand that this is a very realistic possibility. Again. The communication and how that happened, there is absolutely an ethical scale of of how that could be dealt with. But in terms of like the real, you know, the realistic scenario of oh my god, I cannot believe they sold. I could never have seen this come. Like, spoiler alert: basically every single org, other than like maybe G two and one other org, is looking to sell at some point. Like clearly, and if you lived, as I said, through the years of UOL and H2K and these orgs complaining about the finances and saying how shit they were or whatever, you should know that the goal is going to probably be to sell at some point. Like you should absolutely know that. So that's the second thing. And by the way, that doesn't mean I don't have any sympathy for these people. If they were blindsided, they were blindsided, right? But these, as I said, none of these people should have expected tenure. Like th- these, these orgs all have lifelines, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. And by the way, and we'll talk about it in a second as well. I'm assuming, like, same for LCS. All of the orgs are looking to sell, basically. Like all of them are at least exploring the ideas or the options of selling. And knowing if you knew anything about the finance model whatsoever, you should know that that is a thing that can happen. So that's out of the way. In terms of like heretics and you know if i'm overwhelmed underwhelmed whatever obviously i'm pretty underwhelmed like for those that don't know heretics is a spanish organization um they are big in spain but not big in spain in league of legends they were big in spain in other esports titles and through streaming and so on so there's nothing really for me as a fan to be excited about in terms of heretics joining the league like i can't see a single angle other than well they had the money to buy in so maybe they have the money to do fun things but Fool me once with BDS, you won't fool me twice with Heretics, right? BDS could afford to do that. And they've been the most underwhelming org all year. So, yeah, I'm not particularly excited by this at all. Um, And there's plenty of other teams I'd have rather seen get the slot from my own selfish uh, interest perspective on that. 
I think as far as excitement for the LEC and and you know League of Legends fans go as well, this is an unknown unknown org, so it's I think that's a fair comment. Thorin, what are your thoughts on you know Misfits selling up? And, I got a lot uh, for this. You know, I got a lot. All for right, this. brilliant. All right, I'll just sit back then. This is the thing. I actually think unironically. I think almost everything about this move is negative across the board, full spectrum. So I'll start actually where Rich was there. On that whole topic, which is the reason why I think it's relevant that he brings up the fact like, but what about the players and the staff? Like they couldn't know they wouldn't have a job next year. The reason why I'm so sick and tired of that particular take is because this reminds me of like the political world and people do this all the time. People take this sort of Marxist approach to sort of like, oh, the workers are all being exploited. And essentially all it becomes is in the same way as people took a very serious topic like me too and then we're just doing like frivolous me too's of like i just had a bad date basically no no one sexually harassed me no you know like, they were just rude or they didn't say what i want and they sort of like started using it in a frivolous way to just like conflate it this reminds me of the same thing because in this particular scenario like for example like why is it why is that a big deal like remember what you have to do before it becomes unfair this is what people never do is you have to ask yourself is in the other person's perspective, is it, are they somehow winning out? Are they gaining? Are they oppressing the person? Are they exploiting them? So the example I'll give you is this. In the same way as when someone talks about, like the best example ever is if people say like, well, women historically had life really hard. It's like, what do you think it was like for men, you moron? They couldn't vote either till like the 20th century. They used to be slaves. They used to work in the field and die. Like, everyone was having a bad time. So in the same scenario, right? What I would say when it comes to this scenario of like, oh, you want to have a job, etc. What do you think it's like for the orders? The people, you know, who've, met, who've managed to raise tens of millions against their name and reputation and invested it into this org now, and they live and die off the results and the business deals they make. It's not like they don't have any risk. It's not like they don't have any, like, uncertainty. In this scenario, by the way, much like the Schalke one, who even knows if they actually wanted to sell? Because in the Schalke one, as far as I can tell, the esports side probably didn't want to sell. They probably wanted to keep going with the project that they put all those years into, and they had to sell. So sometimes you also can't know what the considerations are of the person who's the owner and what their financial situation is. And so if you don't know that, I think it's just a bit disingenuous to act like knowing only your perspective, doing your limited field job, you can then make some like broad proclamations about who's doing what fairly or unfairly. Like it's I can't, like Rich says as well, it's also the business you're in. You're not working in a fucking office thinking you're going to be there for 10 years working for some like holiday company. You know you're in esports. You know you're in a fucking performance job and that year after year, by the way, sometimes when you succeed, you leave the org and go somewhere else. Like You know people are going to be going elsewhere for good or for bad reasons every Every single year that's just the business that esports in and league of legends especially especially if you're a player is a one-year business you should never assume you're in your team for more than one year the best example ever is 2020 g2 where they all re-signed because it was the greatest lineup ever and it is the greatest lineup ever and the team never played another fucking game ever again the next year because the lineup already changed and perks went and now you know what two years later they've all gone except for two of them so like that's just the world we live in in esports then if we go into specifics about this move as he said at the end about the bds point the bds point is entirely stripped away any hype i had for this because if i had that hype fox drop i already gave it to bds and you saw what they did with it the problem here is this this is another industry point that i think a lot of fans won't get which is this you don't have to have the 40 million to buy in you're already thinking what do you mean thorin no no you don't even have to have someone who would lend you 40 million what you have to have is this if you can go to someone and show them a business plan who is a vc group or someone who wants to invest if 
if you show them what the LEC is and the track record of the LEC and who else has bought in, they might actually give you or lend you the money just to buy in. That's actually if people don't know why there were so many people applying for LEC and Overwatch League slots. Because they didn't have the money, but they knew, because this is now a thing, look at some like the fucking Washington Post and all these American newspapers. When you take that to the VC people, they acknowledge that that's an opportunity because the whole premise of this business is what Rich talked about. The whole premise of franchise leagues right now is the greater fool principle. It's that you are buying it because it has some value, you are going to make it appear to have more value, and then you are going to sell it to someone who perceives it to have more value for more than you put in. That's why the Schalke move was a great move because they easily must have 5x, 10x what they put in. The, as he says, the Misfits one, even with that super team they tried years ago, they would still make a profit off this. And it goes without saying. Is it, does it really shock anyone if you think of all the rants I've had on this particular series? That Astralis of all people are the ones looking at Seller. Of course they are, guys. Like The joke is, from the day they had the best CSGO team in the world, every move has been like a cynical fucking min-max to try and eventually one day cash out for as much as possible. Essentially, they They've used the greatest CSGO team ever as a crazy parlay to just cash out for tens of millions. They're almost at that point now, by the way, guys, if you know the way the business works in Denmark. They can basically sell now, and now in the next years is when you would look for them to sell the LEC spot. So then there's the whole angle with BDS, because the hype went like this, Foxtrot. A fan naively thinks, because they think how they spend stuff, well, if you're going to buy in for like 30 million, then you're not just going to have no money. And just have, so you must be buying in for 30, then you're going to sign Reckless, then you're going to sign Adam. This is when Adam was good, obviously. The joke is they did sign Adam. You're going to sign Adam. You're going to maybe get, like, Jusuke. And the idea is, you, the reason you want the move to happen when you hear it's BDS, because you're thinking, Schalke was a budget team, weren't they? If they're coming in with 40 million, though, BDS, fuck, we're going to have a new G2 on our hands. You didn't. What do you have instead? Literally one of the worst teams to ever play in the LEC. Ever. Look like worst performance. They haven't even engaged with the fan base. So I would say, essentially, this is like a fucking bird in the hand is worth two in the bush scenario. Like, I don't care about what you guys promise me is going to happen if Koi or K-Cop buy in. I'll just stick with what I've got. Misfits already has an org, just like Schalke, is way over the odds for what we would get in exchange for whoever's buying in. Misfits is a team that went to Worlds for fuck's sake and were in the playoffs. They had, a, they even were able to make a super team and get Gorilla, a whole first ballot Hall of Fame Korean player to join their team. Then, they've brought in Deficio and had all these years of doing amazing fucking GM work, which, if you saw his tweet, a lot of people didn't notice this detail. In his tweet, he admits that during this last run, these last two years, he was working with the 8th or 9th budget. With the 8th or 9th budget, this motherfucker had his teams in the playoffs. They had one team was third last split and he had the MVP of the whole league. This guy's killing his job. And if you know what he did with Origin and OG before, this guy's just fucking amazing at his job. So already, I'm sad that Misfits is leaving because as an org they have way better tenure and have done things they've been up and down in the league and then in terms of the fact that it means there's no more Deficio if Deficio is not a GM in the league anymore that's a really sad thing he actually was doing some great work in the league and had clearly brought through talents and seemed how to know how to sort of take the lower team to the next level like he'd done it repeatedly yes he hadn't won yet but morons don't get it if you're working with the 8th or ninth budget and you finish 3rd you are a fucking miracle worker that's impossible you can't do that No one. I don't think people know how little the 8th or ninth budget is rich like they think we're the oh it's probably soft but if you're like oh, what are you talking about like the difference between top three remember he finished third that's all weird they're probably on like five times more budget what are you talking about so i think it's already terrible like in the server it's not going to be that great for fans and then they're also making the mistake you notice they never said 
This is why I don't care about anyone telling me Heretics is going to be good. They weren't like, oh, maybe if they sell, then Heretics could buy it. No, no, you guys all wanted Koi and K Corp, remember? And the only reason you wanted Koi and K Corp is because they're associated with famous people, and you're all plebs from those countries. Now, here's the joke. I don't think those teams even want to buy in, because I think when they buy in, they lose all the things they are doing now. They can't have those live events. They can't have fan meetups. They can't just do whatever they want without Riot approval. They can't do any of that shite. I actually think right now, if anything, I think those orgs stay in the RLs and they just remain the big fish in the small pond and they're, they're essentially going for an alternate business model. That in the same way as the ERL built up the national scene, they're sort of trying to do that with these teams as they were. So I think it's an interesting model. So problem is, you're not going to get a K-Corp and a Koi come in and make a super team. You're probably going to get another shitty BDS lineup. And the reason why, for Heretics, it is going to be a shitty BDS lineup is because it's Heretics. Who the fuck is Heretics? I've been in esports ages. This is the only time I've ever heard of Heretics. In 2020, when we went to the online phase and we were playing online with lesser teams, not all the LAN teams, Heretics had a French CSGO team. It used to have, one point in time, Kiyoshima was even on the team at the end. They had this guy, Mac, who was good. And probably the only name people remember now is a guy called Nevera, who's obviously in Valorant now, who was Scream's brother and later played in Vitality. So they were, for that one year, they were a pro league team. They were one of the lesser pro league teams, but they were in that league with a French team, right? That's it. I've never heard of Rex in esports aside from that. So if I had to guess, I'll tie this all together. What they're going to do is they're going to go and because you can actually make a strong business uh, proposal that the, buying an LEC team is a good thing, even if, by the way, even if you just said what I just said, that we'll just sell it in four years and flip it for 100 million or something, even if you go with that angle, it means that essentially you don't actually have to be a really big org and legit to buy in. I think you can just get the money. So I would suspect, sadly, they're going to buy in themselves to do a BDS. They're going to buy in, spend as little as possible, hire a coach you know, so you think, oh, it might do something. Then tell that coach, pick a bunch of cheap people from ERLs, get those players in, and the joke is they're waiting four years to sell for 5x now. Like It's just going to be like, that's why it is like crypto in that sense when Rich says. But the joke is, and this is why crypto for once has actually added something to this fucking conversation, what I'm going to do with this point now is call out the motherfuckers who run orgs like Misfits because y'all love going on that fucking jet-setting tour around the world going to games conferences and esports conferences and business conferences and when you're at those conferences you don't just go to meetings that are like how to cynically flip an esports org that you don't care no you're in all the ones that's all like building the future of esports and what the infrastructure needs and what will the long-term track record be and the, uh, I think in the future when the business rights deal how would you know you've sold out already you were in for three years and you've sold out mate this is the problem here's Income what crypto streams. did here's what crypto did for us rich they introduced a concept i wish i'd known before it's called maximalism here's how i know none of you believe in esports because you would all sell you would all sell in the same way as dig uh, fucking audi was there for like 10 plus 15 years and then someone offered him a million and he sold like that and then along come other people yes i'll come along they would have sold for 40 million if people don't know not the billion now 40 million two years ago all the people in esports who sell you this angle i'm here for life this is my passion i'm I, you know i could have had another job in a different field but i did this because it's what i believe in oh what's that i can 3x my money yeah i'll take the 3x please uh, i'm gonna leave the casino now bye bye guys right if you were actually a maximalist which is what it's called when you're someone who believes it can go to the maximum capacity well if you don't know that's why all those people got fucked on bitcoin because people who are bitcoin maximists don't just believe bitcoin will go up they believe one day it will be an actual world currency and so the premise is i mean sure you know this fox but the premise if you're a casual is if it's worth 40k now the reason you don't sell is because one day each coin will be worth a million so to them it's like you hold it forever because if you really believe one day it goes to that max you'd be a fool to ever sell until it gets to the max right so if you apply that 
concept to esports, right? If these people who, as I say, they put fucking hours in trying to sell this image that they're here because esports is going to be the next NFL, UFC, giant worldwide sport, which implies, by the way, if you know how the franchises went up in the NFL, like you could in the 90s, by the way, buy like an NFL franchise for like $100 million or something mental. Now, by the way, the minimum for the worst franchise would be billions. So if you know how they've scaled, the joke is every one of these fucking orgs now who sell out after all those comments prove they never believed in it. There is an element like riches of profit taking, but even that suggests that you don't believe there's actually a consistent long-term future success. You know you're gambling, and so like a good gambler, yeah, you do go, right, well, I've tripled my money, so I'll take half out, cash that, now I can't, you know, yeah, you do that, but that's the point, you didn't believe in it long-term. And then the one last thing I would say is this, right, when you talk about that aspect of, like, the risk of of staying, that's the part that fucking drives me nuts about esports, because it's how you know... By the way, I don't consider myself an expert in esports. I go to a whole panel of people I have who are specialists in the legal field, in this part of, like, investment. I ask these people questions. I try to find out and learn myself. I don't just assume I do. But everyone else does the opposite. They just assume, based on the little knowledge they have from esports, they can sort of, like, track out the trajectory of what will happen. So I've already seen people are doing this. Just like fucking crypto, they're acting like Bitcoin will never go down. So now they're acting rich, like, well, I wouldn't sell ads for four more seasons to sell for 100. Like, guys, there's a world where it's, it is zero in four years. There's a world where it's four million in four years or 44 million in four years or zero. Those are like three. And by the way, if you want to do one of those odds things, those odds aren't even that crazy on each of the three. Like each of the three have pretty good chances of happening, actually. It might even be like a 33% split, you know. That's how up in the air, LEC specifically, League of Legends franchise league, etc. is. Because the one last aspect I've got to mention is this. The flaw in the concept is every model that we use for franchise leagues is a traditional sports league where the sport has existed for decades and will never cease to exist. In League of Legends, there's going to be a League of Legends to one day and there's gonna there might even one day not be a league of legends like this is the problem i have with this approach is i can buy into football whether i think like i'll give you an example if you buy into football now the joke is you're the guy who actually is the greater fool like if you buy newcastle football club like the saudis did aside from sports washing there's no business reason for that mate you're just going to piss away money but the point is like that's essentially what will happen in esports if you can wait long enough is the premise so i actually think like all of this this whole topic if you actually unravel it it's basically the whole industry of esports it's actually all the flaws of it because all the bad aspects i've labeled if you notice are almost like hidden from fans by like either fake narratives from orgs or just or just fans like naively hoping like basically what they hope for in the k-cop one no one from k-cop's ever told them by the way oh i'm gonna buy into LA see and buy like a superstar roster they're just hoping that and i get it like yeah you obviously see oh they've got reckless got cabochard like the problem is though like i don't even know by the way i don't even think it's a given even if k-cop bought in they would buy a super team they themselves might do it because i think the trend in general is you have a few people g2 actually this season i'll give credit to fanatic g2 fanatic definitely did it they do buy and they buy to win the rest of the league buys to do good business and maybe have a lottery ticket to go to worlds that's it so the other problem as well is like delete the premise of the I, I think franchise leagues are sold as though everyone's a G2 and they're all trying to win worlds. I think it's the opposite. I think it's very rare that you have a G2 and the opposite, it's usually that everyone's an Astralis trying to just spend as little as possible. Get like the point is it's not you don't want to win, but winning isn't the most important thing. Win winning's like a side consideration after doing the business you want to do.
And as Rich says, I'm pretty sure almost everyone would sell, except... And by the way, the reason, if you don't know, I'll tie it back in. The reason why the G2s of the world wouldn't sell is because they are the maximalists. Like, you know, a few years ago, I don't know if you saw this, Rich. Ocelot did an interview with me, and he made a comment in it that, because, like, this is actually back when, funnily enough, people didn't know Ocelot was brilliant at banter, and they just thought he was a controversial idiot. And he said some line, like, instead of, like, Real Madrid buying G2, I want G2 to buy Real Madrid. Now, everyone laughed when he said it, because, spoiler, you've all laughed at Ocelot his whole career, you morons, and he was right every single fucking time. So the joke is, like, the difference is, I at least respect the fucking ambition of that mate. He actually does sort of get the premise that, like, if this is ever going to be giant, well, I'm not just going to be the guy who sold out for the one million Audi style. I'm going to wait till I get the fucking one billion, you know. But he might he might actually be the victim of his own ambition at some oh, point. Oh, he could be the one, like, the back of Bitcoin mask analyst. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He could be the guy who just waits until it's a zero and could have sold yeah. at 40. Yeah, of course. I'd also, I'd also just like to point out that I said on uh, a show with you and Loka Doko three and a half years ago, I just went to check the date now, that the, all that, and this is before, fran like that all franchising was going to be was investor carousel. That's the phrase I used at the time, and that's the phrase I'll sit by. That's all it was going to be. And all the comments at the time were saying, oh, no, uh, like Fnatic will be here for life. Uh, like maybe they will. Like I can't say that they won't, but. This someone else, so that's the joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to continue. Like, and more te the half of, I'll, I'll just put it like this of the, um, of the 10 teams that are in the league now, even including the ones that have recently bought in, BDS and now Heretics, more than half those teams will have been out or will be out slash replaced slash new investors, whatever, the founders, within yeah, the yeah. next three years. Yeah. 100%. Within the next two years, I'd say, at least five of those teams will be out within the next two years, for sure. By the way, so, there's another thing. If I'm also a team in these leagues, I'm also saying to Riot, like, where's your quality control on who gets into these leagues because mate if you go and look so rich will know this if you look at the names who got turned down for the first lec slots those are giants compared to fucking erex what are we talking about right now like i said the joker erex is as far as i can tell they're a tiny org that's just going to try and parlay the fact that if you see you can buy the lec slot people will lend you the money that's it as far as i can tell they're gonna have broke after that they're gonna have any money so the idea you're turning down like north look i know they don't exist anymore but what but they were partnered with fc copenhagen for fuck's sake like I mean, these are real orgs i think uh, heretics is big but they are big exclusively what games in are they oh right like, I see. Like, they're, and i think it's i don't think it's even about games i think it's like a streamer thing that like again i think a lot of the orgs in spain have taken up a similar model which is they get like influencers as streamers and they build it that way okay. i don't think they're like a big team thing but yeah just the last point you just made there by the way there's no concept of like and again this is kind of what I was talking about before with this idea of like feeling sorry for people or whatever. Like, don't get me wrong, by the way, all the employees or whatever, people get blindsided like veteran at the time. I felt sorry for veteran at the time. I feel sorry for Deficio and anyone else who got blindsided. But there's also this kind of lack of understanding, as you alluded to, that, by the way, these orgs can go bankrupt, by the way, just because they put in millions. Yep. That There's this weird assumption that if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, you always will be, and it's impossible that you couldn't be. If I take a stupid risk, because again, millionaires can take stupid risks, business owners, billionaires can take stupid risks. If I put everything I have into an org, and then I have an opportunity to sell for 4x what I bought for it, of course I'm taking the fucking money. And then to sit back and be like, what a selfish cunt. It's weird how all the rich people always have their cake and get to eat it. Like, I could have been like t taking out a second mortgage, like eating dry toast every day for all you know, because I'm just waiting for yeah, the exactly. moment to sell. Because I'm I don't want to be left with a bag. Just like that, another thing I think's fucked is that angle. I hate the way that was framed. You know, of like, and they didn't even tell us in advance. 
Why the fuck would I tell you, Billy Nobody, who's the janitor, that I'm in the middle of trying to negotiate a giant deal for tens of million dollars? Oh, that couldn't queer the whole fucking deal. What are you talking about? Information control is incredibly important in that scenario. There's a scenario, you'll you'll know this phrase, need to know basis. If your job is hit creeps inside a League of Legends server, you don't need to know if I'm selling my business or not. Like, remember, this deal hasn't even been done yet. Well, the point is, once it was done, I'm almost certain they immediately told everyone. Like, that that whole angle, I think, is fraudulent. Also, it's, it's just trying to make it look like the little guy's getting yes. beat up. As we say, the big guys are in a precarious scenario too. Yeah, also, you're not... I'm sorry, you're not allowed to use the line, which, again, the reason why I said I was calling out Veteran is he's the one that was using this line of... Oh, you're fucking over the people who gave you that 40 million evaluation. Are you oh, fucking on, brain yeah. dead? The only way you're allowed to use that line is if there are certain individuals in your org who have done something spectacular beyond the realms of, of uh, that is transcendent to the league where they have elevated the value of the league like, exponentially. Then you can make some kind of weird yeah, argument about that. By the way, that, that doesn't even but apply even, to the current yeah, players. Yeah. It, yeah, and it wouldn't even work. Even even if that was true, it still wouldn't even work because the the you have the only person that would even apply. He was official, maybe. Yes, maybe, maybe that's it. But also, they, they never put in. They didn't put in the the, the reason they own they own the team is because they put in the risk to begin with. They bought in. Yes. It's their investment. It's not your investment. You have invested yes. into that as a career, but the business is their investment, not your investment. So this idea that oh, they basically the inference or, or the implication rather is that they're just in, as invested in this as you are. And basically, that you owe them the something. Yes. It's like you yes. just, you fundamentally do not understand businesses. Yes. And this is, by the way, one of the reasons why a lot of people say, you know, it's it's much smarter to obviously work for yourself or to work towards your own dreams than to work for other people's dreams. This is why, because there is always this risk that you can get fucked over if it's someone else's dream that they've invested the money into. But that's how it works. If you're the person who ups the cash, if you're the guy who puts your money where your mouth is and pays the salaries, by the way, of the people that are giving him the 40 million valuation which is a load of horseshit that's the dynamic no shit you don't just neon doesn't get to sit in board meetings and help make decisions about what's going on he plays ad carry and gets compensated to play ad carry by the guy who gets to sit in the board meeting and make the decisions that's how business works and if you want to make try and make some fucking weird like quasi communist argument that basically that you're all in this together and all have equal risk shut the fuck up no you don't and the assumption that by the way that the owner doesn't have massive risk because he's a millionaire or because he's rich. You have no idea what his financial situation is and maybe he's been forced to sell. We, they could have been forced to sell. We don't know that. Could have been. Like so, I said, it could be, it could have been like yeah. a scenario like Schalke or yeah, like so, Renegades back in the day. So, uh, sh so shut the fuck up and know your lane. Like, that's the way, shit. Since you did phrase it in the document, it's like, what was your first thought? One last thing I will say. It wasn't my first thought, but I actually did find this news. So in, in a way it was through Monty tweeting about it, because obviously I didn't even think this angle through. But because, as you said, it was the Misfits fucking Challenger EU team that was Alfari. Basically, a bunch of the players that went to Worlds. Well, that was Monty's team. That was the fucking Renegades, like Banditos or whatever before, wasn't it? It was like, that was his like EU Challenger team. So if people don't know, that is why that whole scenario is so dirty. Now, here's the thing. I don't talk much about that particular topic anymore, because 
because obviously there's a tangential drama involving someone who was actually deceased now, unfortunately, which is just, by the way, it's just a tragic story from top to bottom. There's no winners in that. Everyone comes out looking bad on some level. But the problem is that story, because it's the pretext Riot used to ban Monty and say he had to sell Renegades immediately. And in the case of this CU Challenger team, he had to sell it to one entity and for whatever price they want. Like he's basically got utterly fucked on this deal. The point I'm making is this. All you need to know is one, Richard Lewis knows a lot more and cared a lot more about that person who's deceased than anyone watching this show did. And he himself even said quite specifically in the phrasing when Riot banned Monty, he said something like, like it was the right outcome for the wrong reasons or something. Do you remember that? He used that exact yeah. phrasing. Like, yeah. So what he essentially was saying, guys, is like essentially like he didn't do the crime they've done him for, but I just think like they, there was something fucked up about the org and I wanted the org not to exist. That doesn't mean he's saying riots, right, you idiots. He's saying the opposite. So the key detail is this, right? When they did that overall approach like that, if you're Monty, right, obviously that setting separately was a tragic scenario. But in terms of running your team, not only do you look at the LCS and go, I would have had a team worth millions I could sell. But the worst one is now this EU one. Because now you're like, well, bro, I probably would have sold one of them eventually anyway. And this would be worth t tens of millions. So he would have like made an incredible return on his investment in, in the first place. So I have to say, like, I also just think of that angle, like of all the fucking alternate realities we could have been in. Because I was thinking of the whole thing, like I said about earlier as well, there was all these big orgs that initially, because you have to remember, LEC franchising was one year after Overwatch League. So I always said, I actually thought inadvertently that was genius, because what it did is it meant you got the like massive dickheads out of the way bought in Overwatch League, and then more of the sort of reasonable endemic people were like, actually, maybe the LEC one's not as bad. And that was why you got like the legit people for that. But as I say, I think it's shameful to some of the people they turned down then. But then years later, you're just letting anyone through the door who has money in a little bit of Twitter clout or something, right? So, like, basically, like I say, Fox Up, the real problem is I don't know what angle I'm supposed to get hyped on. Like, if I really thought it was someone buying in who was going to make, like, a super team, I'd love it, of course. Who the fuck wouldn't? Or if they were going to buy in and, like, like I'll give you an example. Misfits wasn't, like, the greatest dog in terms of fans or whatever. It didn't really have a huge fan. So if they were going to buy in with, like, K-Corp would have its own unique legion of fans and stuff. Like, these are upsides. There's some elements. I just don't really know on this deal. I think it's just a lot of downside, personally. I what do you think? think? I want to know what you think. Yeah, so I... I, I think you said something that's very, very important with uh, regarding like K-Corp and Koi, who are probably the two biggest organizations that 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 people want in the LEC because they've got huge followings uh, in, in like France. They have bigger fans things. than most LCS teams. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. They like, pack out LAN events just with that one team. Like That's absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But exactly as you say, if you join the LEC, you can't do that anymore. You know, and 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 what's you know, right has such a chokehold on what you can and can't do if you're playing in the LEC. Like maybe they don't even want to be in. Uh, I also think, and this is, I'll just, I'll get your opinions on this just really quick after I finish as well, because we have gone on this uh, for for some time. But I will miss Misfits because I like them. Oh, for I sure, like yeah. Misfits. I think they've put, you know, they they've always put together a competitive roster. They've. Uh, as you mentioned as well, like they were one of the super teams back in the day, like when they had Gorilla and it was like Febivern and Alfari and so I can't remember the oh, last one, yeah. but it was it was you know like they that was an ambitious project, to... yeah. They went yeah, for it. that was they they really went for it, and I've worked a lot with Misfits behind the scenes. Um, you know, as an organization, I'm familiar with people who work in the org, and I just think you know from. Uh, they just they care about esports they like it you know and, and i just i can't say that with all orgs that i've worked with um they just seem they seem like the good guys you know they seem like the good guys from from a pure like um employee level you know whatever their owners are like and whatever their business methods are whatever obviously i can't i can't comment yeah, yeah. on that but it's just a shame to see 
to see that go to waste. And they sent me a jersey, so obviously I'm... Uh, by the way, I'll also I'm echo, like, actually, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the Orcs, but actually, Misfits, look, some of the owners are wankers. And they can fucking... I'll tell you that to your face, you tosser. But actually, some of the employees... They actually do have some cool employees, I will say. Some mm. of the people who've been around a long time in league and European esports, which are some of the more cool people. Yeah. I totally agree also with the sentiment, by the way. I'll just miss Misfits and Schalke. By the way, I'll just do it in a selfish reason. Just for what they do in the surfer. Both these Orcs mad overperformed in league, if you know the money they were working with. So, aside from the Super Team roster, they were doing amazing the Misfits team. Like I said, they were always a playoff threat. Sometimes Worlds. Like, this is... Again, unfortunately, when you replace them, if the team ends up being a BDS, well, that's a bottom feeder, isn't it? Like, this wasn't a be a bottom feeder. Same with Schalke. Like, you saw on Twitter, me and Richard praised them. I thought Schalke did an amazing job with their team over the years. And and as a, as a side note as well, with Heretics coming in to replace Misfits, uh, I, I did see there was some kind of drama already before they've even, you know, nothing's been announced, not even in LEC, with the organisation uh, as a whole not paying their employees, their, their, their oh, photographer commented on that said he hasn't been paid one of their players had a termination fee uh that they refused to pay apparently so he's you know he's he's a fucking red flags haven't even got in the league yet and and the best (laughs) one my personal favorite one here is uh one of their players ex-players i guess it would have been at the time uh tweeted out a tier list on that tier maker website of of the best orgs in where was this? Um, Come on. In Valorant, and it's the the tiers are S A B C D E, mid T B H, good night, and what does that say? Alorant and friends. So basically, like he's yeah. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine tiers. Okay, there's nine tiers. No team is placed below tier six. Heretics is in tier nine. Okay, <laughs> and. This is my my favorite part of this. His, their ex player tweeted this. Obviously, not very happy with being part of that organization, and they and Heretics responded by suing him. By means of the above Twitter post, you expressed a derogatory and defamatory opinion about my client, Heretics, causing considerable damage to the image of the club for the purposes of the esports fan community and specifically Valorant fans. So, uh, yeah, seems like a great organization to be replacing Misfits. By with. the way, don't get me wrong, because I'm, I'm kind of all for, like, orgs actually going after people and holding them to certain contractual obligations. So I do think it's getting way too fucking finicky out here with the way some people are just behaving. But that a, a fucking YouTube tier list or whatever, yeah. that does not seem like the hill to die on there. Is this, like, Rich has sort of made a good point there, which is this. That is absolutely a violation of the clause within all yes. the contracts that says you cannot disparage the organisation, right? The problem is this, and I can tell you from direct experience, right, you're not going to find, like, a real lawyer. That, they just did that to scare that guy, basically, with that letter. You're not going to find a real lawyer, except one who's going to rip you off, who will tell you to go to court as a defamation case like that. Because when they put that line, like, you've cost, like, they haven't. Yeah, there's no way they're going to find in court there's some material basis that, like, oh, you cost them millions. Like, they haven't even stopped getting the fucking slot yet. Like, the joke is that won't be pursued. Because, sadly, I've looked into myself, you can imagine, if you can sue people for literally lying about you in tweets. Spoiler, it's actually a lot harder than you realise. Mainly because they tend to be broadcast bombs who don't make anything and have no actual power to affect your career so another thing the opposite is they're not actually fucking your career when you realize it in that sense you know they're just making a mean comment sort of so just real quick before we move on we've been chatting a long time this this first topic we've got some more things to talk about um misfits's legacy in the lec uh what do you think just real real quick hits here what what is the misfits legacy what would they be remembered of uh, after they've left i'll come sorry come to you first 
Uh, I mean, to me, it's the fact that they basically did everything. They ran the gamut, right? Like, they had the team that was, like, the borderline playoff team when they first came in. Then they had the team that made the miracle run two worlds, and then even at worlds almost did something special by almost making top four. Then you had the attempted super team. Even if it didn't work, it's just like this year's Fnatic team. I respect the attempt of doing it, though, because when you make that, you are not being cynical. You are not min-maxing. You are not saying spend as little as possible and selling for years. What you're actually saying is the opposite. Spend as much as you can and try and win worlds, which is a ridiculous premise. But spoiler, we're in esports. It is a ridiculous premise. This is not the fucking field to come into to try and be a safe ship in the harbour and just grind out a little edge. Like that ain't the business. It's not. There's no point being a fucking pork in it in esports. Like either come in because you love it or to win. That's the only two reasons to be in. Not to make money right now. I'm afraid. So I think they did that. Then also that at one point, like they were a borderline contender. Then obviously they went back to the era with the fish show where they had to again be like very shrewd with the GMing. But I think some of the teams he put together, if you know the budget he was working with a, a miraculous genuinely miraculous look at the players he's found like he found that the like there's loads of other teams could have signed that guy he's managed to keep him even he became an mvp so i think generally like i say they could have just been a bottom feeder org they're one of the later ones to join the ulcs but i think actually generally they've done a pretty good job i'd say like if i'm giving them a grade what like, i don't know b minus or something it's pretty good be a lot worse what do you think rich yeah i'm not super high on misfits overall to be honest i think like they did uh, obviously have had periods where they've uh, performed above their means or whatever. And of course that's, that's admirable. Um, I, I think I kind of see the super team thing a bit differently because I think what I like about the super team was the idea that they sat down and made a decision that we're going to go for it. I like that. And I like the ambition that's behind that, but I think that team just showed a fundamental misunderstanding of league of legends. I think they just didn't have a fucking clue. People forget, by the way, Kakao was on that team at a time where, if you're really going for yeah. it, putting oh, cacao on that. Well. Like that was a classic, you got baited by the name situation. Yeah. And I think even though obviously Gorilla is one of the greatest supporters to it. Oh, ever. you're mixing them up. Cacao was the team before. That, oh, that was, was the one that came with the LT. So yeah, you're thinking Max Law. Max Law was still the jungler. Oh, oh yeah. Was he? Okay. Yeah, you're sorry, thinking yeah. of an earlier one, but they did oh, used to have Kakao. You're yeah, right. No, they came through the challenges team with him. Yeah, but yeah, but the, the, the team with Gorilla on though, but I think with Gorilla, I mean, Kiro made the point that like they signed Gorilla and then put him on engaged supports. Which obviously and with Hans Sam of the silent fucking ADC as well. Like, you know, yeah. like, it was the total bit. Put it this way, that's the one that on my veteran shows we used to discuss all the time. It's one of the most greatest like failed super yes. team constructions ever, probably. If you look into hindsight, you know. Yeah, but like obviously, you know, Prey and Gorilla's like a legendary bot lane, and sure. famously Prey was an engaged AD carry. Like he used to play a lot of Ash and things like yeah. that, and and Gorilla had a very different role. So I think I admire the ambition, but I think the execution, like when once you make the decision to spend shitloads of money, I think they could have done like a much better job. So I'm not going to give them like massive props for that. Um, and yeah, I think for the most of the time, even if they were making playoffs, they were generally an also round. I don't feel like there was ever, I don't think that this is the main thing I would say. I don't think there was ever a single moment where I genuinely thought they could win the league, um, which I do slightly... You know, yeah, but spoiler, there's like four orgs ever have won the league. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like two yeah, of my it's not, it's not about It's not about winning, though. It's about no, I, I'm believing. saying it's pretty hard to be a contender. Though, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I don't know. I'm not going to like give them a grade. Like, I think they were fine. They're certainly better than a, a hell of a lot of orgs that have obviously been in the league. But um, they're also a, 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 one of the first points that you kind of made as a throwaway point. But for me, it's actually a bigger point because I'm also, I guess, thinking a little bit about the business or whatever. They didn't really ever manage to garner a, a fan base at all. There was no real public interest in Misfits as an organization. No one really gave a fuck about Misfits. And I think ultimately, if you want, if you're rooting for the longevity of the league 
and for LEC to be a big grand thing that can you know keep rolling in resources and newer bigger investors and competing on the world stage or whatever you need orgs that have fan bases because the only chance in hell you have of making a penny or getting real bankrollers to bankroll you is by actually having a fan base because even though i've as i said i coined the sort of investor carousel thing that only keeps spinning if certain things are going in a particular direction, if, for example, the viewership's going down and the fan base is getting lower and there's less interest in individual teams and particularly in your team that you're pitching to, no one's going to fucking buy into that team, are they? Like, you have to have an angle. It's not just enough anymore to say, we're in the league, so it's fine. So I think that is something that they did fundamentally fail. By the way, one thing, just because I know casual fans won't get this, so it's probably good to inform them. When you see those like K-Corp events where they have all those thousands of fans, they got by the way, they almost certainly lose money on those. Like there's no way they're making money off that. Like the problem is like in esports right now, there just is not monetization. Like the ticket price alone wouldn't pay for all that shit. But this is the point to make. That is very valuable though. If you can show companies, I can get thousands of people in a room yes. excited about that. That is what in the future will be worth millions of million so the difference is at least like the k-cops of the world at least they could maybe bring that element if they ever choose to join the league yes. whereas I, I agree with you the misfits and the sharkers of the world unfortunately that is their failure they were good in the server or they could do some things gm wise but if you notice most teams are pretty bad at building a fan base yeah. like, that's the one area they're all kind of crap at isn't it yeah i think if you're not like you know g2 fanatic even like rogue look at what look what rogue's been able to achieve does anyone really care about rogue in the public image not not really like they don't have any rabid fan bases or you know no one's cheering yeah rogue let's go like just it, it just seems to be like it's you've just got to have more personality and it's it's very difficult to build that fan base i think um i would just say like closing comments on on that topic for me personally as like from a fan perspective uh i i i'm cynical in the sense that i don't think that anyone's joining the league anymore because they're like fuck yeah league of legends it's pure business and but this is what we get you know people you know as esports was growing and you, and you get the you know kind of like mainstream validation so to speak this is the kind of stuff that just comes along with it and you know i guess like i say i'm i don't it's all it's all just a business thing at this this stage and i i'm, I'm curious to see if riot does anything to maybe like do you want a little yeah, do you want a bit of juice stuff. at the end of this i'll give you one a couple of yeah. sentences and all i'll do is i'll leave it just out for people, food for thought because there's an angle people haven't thought of yet, Foxdrop. Okay. So think of, like, people want to buy in the LEC. These slots are worth tens of millions. Mm. Obviously, ESL was just bought by the Saudis. Blast's doing a partnership with Abu Dhabi, etc. Like, I'll tell you one thing that's going to happen. People haven't thought this through. The next move will be these people just buy LEC slots. There'll be, like, a Neom LEC slot. They'll just buy one. Because remember, the problem with that topic, as we found from the Neom situation, it's about how much money you've got, mate. It's not actually about who the people are. It's about mm. the difference is people wouldn't do it for a few million sponsorship, but if you offer them tens and hundreds of millions, suddenly they're interested. So if we're thinking about it, right, logically... The reason I'm saying this in a fucked up way is I don't want these people in esports, but at the same time, Foxtrot, if I only care about what happens in the server, in a fucked up way, wouldn't I rather some like Saudi guy bought like reckless and amazing players instead of BDS have like shit players? And if in a in purely in a server sense, I would, right? And the problem is if you just look who Riot the company is. They might, for PR reasons, have turned down that Neom yeah, deal. Because but that's still a business thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, in the future, yeah. if there's a better version. Like, I think in the future, this is... The, I, th I want to know what Rich actually thinks is a brief aside on that. What do you think? I think eventually sports washing comes to LEC, mate. And just logically, you buy these franchise slots. I, I def like, to me, there's no reason... The next that, will move, right? Yeah, if, if, if you're willing to buy, uh, put money behind ESL and BDS, like, why wouldn't you? Like, 
Why wouldn't you? And also, because of how precariously placed all the orgs are, you could definitely just artificially create a massive fan base. Let's be honest, the fan base don't give a fuck about sports washing. So if they got, if they buy in, sign loads of players who are fan favorites, literally buy rare clothes, yeah, buy if you yeah. these people, yeah, yeah. Of and then they they can literally just yeah. buy fandom and manipulate the entire market if they want to. So, yeah, why not? I mean, it feels inevitable. I know, I know it's a bit sad because I've sort of brought a bit of a dark patch. I think, I think it's inevitable that it'll happen to LEC. Yeah, yeah. It's worth mentioning. And it brings us on to our next topic quite nicely as well. Still to, uh, staying on to the topic of, of franchising, but swapping games here from League of Legends to, uh, to Valorant. There's been... Valorant has just kind of signed up their, their partnership program, which is essentially the equivalent to the uh, to, to franchising. There's 10 slots, and apparently a, a lot of people have shown interest in getting involved uh, in the Valorant League. Over 150 applications and some big names have been rejected already, like Luminosity, Complexity, NYXL Saw, and Nigma Galaxy. I still can't believe that's actually an organization. I'll never call it. If you don't know, in Dota, I'm not even joking. When that team was created, it was something like a month Foxtrot before a caster did the accidental slip up and yeah. said the word you could imagine you could easily say it if you said that yeah. a lot of times fast. Like, why? Are you, that's just like you just try to get us in trouble for fuck's sake, and it like yeah. give me a break. Literally, literally, someone who has a vendetta against <laughs> it, like, fuck you guys. I'm creating an organization. Remember, we're only sleeping like two and a half hours and like drinking seven coffees. Are you just fucking gonna throw th words like that in the mix? Give me a break. Yeah, I should have oh, actually, no. I should actually have written the N word in the doc, and then no one would believe oh, Fox Jesus. if he read it just verbatim. No one would believe him. I'll just say. Do you remember what when, you doing, when, idiot? when Freak called H2K H2K? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's a banging clip, yes. and there's um. It's metal in it. Zyrene. Zyrene. Yeah. just fucking wets himself. That's that. It's a classic clip. Anyway, a lot of big names have been rejected from uh, from from the Valorant franchising and uh, Shopify Rebellion has a quite an interesting quote about this uh, they, they were rejected they kept their roster uh, their Valorant roster but they were rejected into, into into the punch program they said it seems like a popularity contest for a woefully small number of team slots now Riot has assured organizations if you're not part of the partnership program in Valorant you'll still have plenty of tournaments to compete in but most orgs are blowing up their rosters and completely folding in the in the game if they don't if if their applications are rejected. So my question to you guys is do you think it's a smart idea to only have 10 slots do you think there should be more than 10 slots? General opinions on uh, this whole franchising situation in Valorant. I came to throw in first from the last one. Rich hit me up. Firstly, what a fucking terrible name, by the way, Shopify Rebellion is. I actually had to Google if that was a team. I was like, like really? Is there a team called that? What okay. a like, obviously, Shopify is the spot okay. title sponsor or whatever, yeah, yeah. but your name is Rebellion Rebels, and you've got Shopify. Nah, come on. Um, but yeah, sorry. What was the question? Oh, right. Yeah. So I am a bit surprised. Obviously, you can draw a direct parallel with what they do with LEC and LCS, and like, you know, 10 teams are there. But there is a snowballish aspect to this, and there's also like a proof of product aspect to this, which is the LEC and LCS. Or, I, from an outsider perspective, they look like they're somewhat working, right? Like if you don't do any cursory research at all, you're like, well, that works, and there were loads of applicants for both. So on that level, it does kind of, it is a bit surprising. Like, why wouldn't you go to twelve? Like, if, especially if you say we're doing a partnership program, and what I would do is I'd say I'm doing a partnership program pull the potential applicants and then basically work out on how many applicants there were and how many legit applicants there are, how many slots I'm going to fucking offer. And you do a basic calculation of 
um, scarcity versus who's willing to pay for that level of scarcity. Because one of the big topics of conversation, obviously with like LEC or whatever, is how protected are our slots and like what is the scope for potential expansion and do we have a, a say if there's expansion because obviously the more of something there is the less scarcity value there is and seeing as there are no real revenue streams or reliable revenue streams that you can count upon scarcity is the primary value asset basically of being in the league so that is why 10 is good if you get in the league but i am a bit surprised that it is that low and basically from a cynical perspective if i'm riot i'm thinking i could easily get 15 idiots for for like a european and uh, na league for example like easily like and i can charge whatever like they're gonna i, I don't know if the uh i don't think the number's been put out there yet has it for how oh, much it's gonna cost but let's say it's 15 million or whatever i can easily get 15 people to pay 50 or 15 i don't think you actually have to buy a valorant slot though isn't it isn't it something weird in valorant like it's it's more like the louver agreement i think you just sort of like agree to a thing part way or you know, something is oh, there a cost is to buy no that that is I, I, well sure because i think if they're doing their version of mirroring what's sort yes. of done in the ds scene if you're yeah I mean, no, it's complicated because yeah. as you said i'm pretty sure there's no details it's just yeah. vague at the moment probably that might yeah. actually be part of the reason why then but also and this is one of the reasons why i said i thought there might be a, an element because we, we talked about in the previous show that maybe there'll be a big bit of overlap between the lec and lcs orgs and like this is kind of used as a buffer or as a sweetener as it were for having sunk loads of money continuously yep. into those projects that you get to be in this one for free um and suspiciously by the way i think i'm right in saying though i could be wrong i don't think a single lec or lcs org and by the way orgs from both of those leagues have applied to be in this valorant league i don't think i've seen a single one rejected yet and companies like obviously uh complexity like complexity is a bigger org than some of those trash tier lcs orgs like for sure in terms They're of partnered with the fucking dallas yeah. cowboys nfl team if people don't know for real yeah yeah they have a private jet they can fly their players and on for... like we're talking about Rex for fuck's sake about five minutes ago. <laughs> and, and for people who don't know, especially if you're a league fan or whatever, the guy who, who runs the esports division, a guy called Jason Lake, he's like super old school. He's been in the scene since fucking 1.3, let alone yes. 1.6. Like this guy's super legit, very experienced, knows what he's doing and has the backing of, as Thorin said, the Dallas Cowboys. So the idea that they've been rejected and the idea that there are some useless fucking LCS and LEC orgs that are still in, does show to me at least that there is some kind of sweetener element here of like yeah we got your back like yes. scratchy scratchy so yeah i am a bit surprised because i do think um some of the complaints and feedback as well about the lec and the lcs is that people are basically baying for there to be an expansion because they do think 10 is is can be somewhat limiting in that sense part of that is obviously because we want certain teams i want there to be 12 so i can have k corp and koi but i do actually think even if they didn't exist i think the argument would just have shifted to look how many cool and fun erl teams there have been and i think these erl teams could be uh, beat the uh, lec teams and because there's no relegation you owe this to me as a fan now you owe it to me to show you know they have to play against each other and now and, and see how it goes so I am a bit surprised. I would have thought that maybe they'd go for 12 or something like that, apart from anything else, because they could see and schedule a 12-team league or a 12-team circuit and see if it does actually work better. And then if it is, then apply it to LEC and LCS and see if it breathes some kind of new life into those. So, yeah, I would have thought 12 would be the logical way to go here, if I'm honest. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm also going to be very interested to see, because uh, for people who don't know, I think it was announced today as well that as monaco 
uh, have been said to have reached the next stage of uh, the the franchise. And by the way, again, keep in mind complexity aren't in it anymore. So maybe there's some uh, regionalized um, sports team stuff going on as well. Who knows? I think uh, an important important point, at least for me, when we're thinking about this, is the validity of right statement of if you're not in the partnership program, you'll still have plenty of opportunities to compete in environment and stuff that's um, why i say what i think they're trying to do even in how they're actually trying to message it they just haven't done a great job is they're trying to mirror what is done in csgo because their logic is i mean it's just the way they treated valorant like valorant is like csgo so if everything is somewhat like csgo then csgo people will understand and come to valorant which is like not really how it works but basically what they do in csgo is all the teams can compete in the tournament so for example at one point in time last year when we were doing online cs the number one team in the world was gambit well gambit is a tiny org so they did for example have like a louvre agreement spot and blast spot and stuff like they used to actually as the number one team in the world come through essentially like an open qualifier the blast showdown and then qualify to the main event and then win the main event well they didn't actually in that case but you know what i mean like the premise was that's how they would get into the tournaments even though they were the number one team in the world so as in theory what they're trying to tell you is like oh don't worry if you don't get one of these slots you can still like play in the tournament it's just as far as i know being in this getting one of these like franchise whatever that means like this halfway house it's more like i think you get like the invites to the tournament direct instead of qualifier maybe maybe you get i think it was implied you get like a small stipend or something or some sort of financial help etc but the point is they're trying to make it sound more like you're a partner than like you actually bought into the league and you're an owner in a way okay fair enough well i wanted to you know Tell me what you think about the whole oh, fair situation. Yeah, sure. like, yes, well, the good thing about this one to me is it's a bit like the last topic. It's actually, uh, it's got way more broader implications. And actually to understand, it, you can explain a lot more about how the industry works. So first of all, for people who don't know, the first major franchise league was, of course, the Overwatch League by Blizzard. It began in 2016, right? I think that was the year, right? Was it 2016 or 2018? I think it was 2016. I think it was 2016 off the top of my head. Anyway, basically, when they began the Overwatch League, it had to be 28. It has to be 2017, surely, because Monty was still there in 2016. Whatever. You, you don't need to know the year. When they it was began 2017. The there you go. The detail people won't know is the when this happened in Overwatch League, when people were applying and there were rumours who's applying and people were saying, like, I am applying or I aren't applying, the actual teams initially that people thought would be in Overwatch League were nothing like the teams that ended up now. Overwatch League actually became, if you notice, especially the first round, was primarily non-esports endemic people. It was like real-world sports teams, real-world tech companies. It was more, essentially, I got the vibe, it was Bobby Kotick's fucking role decks of friends who wanted to buy into esports and that was even how it was built like i was told behind the scenes foxtrot for real that even if you were like a tsm or a team liquid you were sort of being put on like the little kids table and it's like yeah well, we might let you buy a spot as well but let's see first if this like nfl owner wants to buy you know this guy who has like you know a fucking chain of stores or whatever it was more like that's my mate so i'm going to give him the choice otherwise yeah i'd work with you if i have to and that's actually why i heard personally by the way some of the orgs that i just mentioned didn't buy into the overwatch league and they didn't, despite the fact I was told by some of these owners in, in similar scenario to what I said earlier about LEC, they said, oh, I could be in every franchise league in every game. I can just get, like, literally, I know how to make the deck and I could go to each of my VC people and I could get into the Overwatch League and I could get into the Call of Duty one, I could get in League. They said, I could be in all of them if it made sense. So the, the problem I have with this scenario is this. Riot, just like Blizzard, seem to have almost like a very, they either have a different agenda than they publicly say or they have like a very 
weird, capricious set of arbitrary reasons as to how they pick if you get to join as a partner, a buyer or not. It's not just do you have the money and are you the best person? Because as Rich just pointed out there, by all the traditional metrics, complexity is a slam dunk. Even their connection to the real world of sports is an instant slam dunk. You get all this like real world. They're even actually because they're from Dallas, etc. They base that they've geolocated their team as well and put in the yards doing that. They have the stadium there. They have the esports awards. They have all sorts of mega details that could potentially benefit the league. So the problem I have is this: when I look at how they selected and who they didn't select for Overwatch League for LEC, I get the vibe actually that these companies care more about two things. One is giving their I would call them preferred partners, like their real. World business bodies, they want to give them an into the big fucking joke of esports. Well, come on in, come on with your money and buy in, and we'll all we'll all cash out. Haha, <laughs> these idiots and selling five years. They're all doing that as well. And then the other aspect is, for some reason, it's just the way these companies operate. These two companies, Blizzard and, and Riot, especially, want control as a priority. I actually think if you look at the track record, these companies show that control is more important than any other metric, including profitability and even actually like viewership numbers they will always if you notice riot do the move that to you and i looks like you're cutting off your nose despite your face like they'll do something like they'll fuck with a commentator that we all love they'll kick out a player that we all love they'll not bring in an org that we all want to buy in even though you look at it and you think how does this benefit riot though like doesn't it hurt them in the long run but the point is because their entire business isn't make raw profit off esports if they want to, they can choose to be like that. I've actually always thought, as fucked up as it sounds, that's the one aspect that I hate about Riot being owned by a Chinese company. If you're going to be owned by a Chinese company, at least just be fucking cynical and do everything for money. At least that way I can correctly predict what you're going to do and there'll be like a rational, coherent, logical plan to what you're doing. Because at that point, yeah, I know you only care about the dollar-dollar, right? Great. Then you'll let in all the right players and teams and do, make the league the spectacle it should be. What I've always hated about Riot is Riot, to me, is all... I always got the vibe of them of like that little fucking cunt kid in the secret guy and it's like, ah, I'm all fucking moody and entitled. Like, it's my party and everything else. Everyone has to do what I say. And I was like, don't even know why I gave that reference. Zero chance anyone watching from eSports <laughs> has ever read the fucking book, The Secret Garden, but whatever. I'll put it out there. I'll put myself out there like I always have in eSports and get all this abuse in return. But anyway, no, the premise is like, they just, for some reason, have this really weird, capricious way of choosing who gets to be in the scene. Because I actually think this is what really shows it. I even told so many people in Valorant when I first started making my entry roads to the game, the last few years from an industry perspective because that's more what I'm interested in, how they're running the scene. I tried to tell people, oh, you're all fucked for this franchising thing. Because what you haven't realised is, there's like, oh, as you, I mean, Rich says it's 150. Just off the top of my head, there's at least like 30 huge orgs and you're all competing for 10 spots. You surely have played the game fucking musical chairs. You are aware how this ends. Like, most of you aren't getting in. And the worst thing is, just like the game musical chairs, you're going to fucking be dicked around before you lose. It's going to be the worst part of it. So the stupid thing about what happen now is if you look in hindsight most people who have actually invested themselves into Valorant are going to be disappointed spoiler that's what being a partner with Riot Games is not only will they only let through the very narrow door people who basically bend the knee to Riot and do everything they want or have potential business alternatives that they might want to take use of in the future like in future times have you in their other franchise leagues use your stadiums use your real world clout your business networks and media connections but aside from all that yeah the other angle to me that I find so gross is like I actually don't get the vibe that they in good faith set up the Valorant, talent, the Valorant scene they ran it 
for a few years as an open circuit, right? And then all these teams putting money, going in, trying to get through VCT, trying to get through qualifiers. By the way, it's not even a very well-designed circuit. It's worse than league, in my opinion. And at the end of all that, what you say to the person is like, oh, by the way, I was never actually considering you anyway because I was actually have a mate here who's going to buy in from Comcast. And then this guy here has an NHL team. Oh, what do you mean he doesn't have a Valorant team? Well, Valorant wasn't really a thing, was it? I wasn't running the scene, but he's going to be in now from day one. Oh, you spent $2 million. Well, Bad luck. But I tell you what, you can still come through the open qualifier and play with that guy who's just bought his team. Like, this is like, how could anyone, by the way, if they're going to call themselves your partner, who the fuck would tolerate disrespect like that from their business partner? You wouldn't. Your business partner's supposed to want you to both succeed and to grow together. These guys are just like, well, maybe we let you in. Maybe. Like, what the fuck is this? So I think the most whack thing is, if you're an org, I don't know how you could have guessed if you were going to get in. Unless you basically were the most obvious orgs, like Cloud9 or something. Unless you were like the three or four, almost like protected, like super orgs. Essentially, there's no rhyme or reason as to whether you were going to get in or not. Because on the one hand, right, you have all these orgs, which tons of this happened in Valorant, by the way, who made the classic mistake. They did an amazing job scouting players and they had some of the best players in Valorant, but they're nobody orgs. They're dogs you've never heard of. Or they or they used to be like a tier two CSGO org, but they got one of the best Valorant teams. Spoiler, you aren't getting in and you were never getting in. All you just did is waste your time trying out a load of players that are going to be on that cunt from Comcast's team when he buys into the league. He's just going to get your players. And even better, when they start this league, luckily in your case, you actually might have an open circuit. You might be able to keep your players briefly. But if he starts popping up the salaries, they might even do an Overwatch League and tell everyone let's just do a reset, cut all the contracts and then just have a free, everyone just goes out for free and so all those years of investing money and fucking running the teams up, you're just working someone else's business there. So I think in general the problem is there's three real ways I think you can judge a team to bring them in this league. The competitive level of the team, you want the best squads in the league obviously. There's the reputation, I think that's just more like do people consider you legit, like obviously Cloud9 has to be there for that, you know, though, though it's reputation. But the third one to me is real business acumen. But you see from the call one, it can't just be business acumen. So in my opinion, you need to have, you either have to just already be G2 or Cloud9, or you have to have some fucked up combination of those three and just hope that your version of top trumps, that essentially Riot just picks the trump that your top trump is in. And if they happen to not pick the one, and by the way, a lot of idiots still think this is 2002 and went for the fucking team in the server trump. And they really think, not joking, that when we start the NFL of Valorant, that they were going to just pick these little like fucking mighty ducks like oh maybe we can get it. you were never getting in that was never even an option you wouldn't like if that if riot even let you send in an application the joke is that went straight in the recycle bin like that wasn't ever pursued so the whole topic i actually find a bit sad if people don't know as well i've got a quick analogy i can give you because it's one i didn't know because i'm a working class pleb there's actually a business analogy i can give you for this fox drop as to why they keep it limited to 10 and why they also do this thing where it's you notice what i'm saying is it's not like if you meet this threshold of price like a normal shop you can buy an item from me this is like luxury exclusive items because if you don't know there's two markets i didn't know about myself that i learned about in the last few years and for men it is it is luxury watches and for women it is luxury handbags now here's what i didn't know if you want the really baller brand new watch that comes out that costs like 50k or you want like the super duper fucking gucci handbag that all the girls want the vintage one that costs like fucking four thousand here's what you don't know 
When those come out brand new, you can't just go into a shop and buy them. They don't even offer them in shops. What they do is, if you're someone who is a collector of expensive handbags or expensive watches, the dealer will essentially make you a, pre a preferred partner, as it were. And he'll, as a way, it's a business component, he'll sort of tell you, oh, listen, since you bought like three of my recent bags, I'm getting a new set in next week. Like, do you want me to put you on the list? Like, I'll put you down as one for... And then what they do in doing so, you can imagine, if you were a super fan of handbags or watches, they've just got you on the line, haven't they? They've got you hooked. And the idea of the scarcity, because it's like, fuck, there's only 10 of these things coming out and I'm one of the ones who can buy. Like, it's actually a way more effective way to make people buy, because the joke is, you make them think they're the one begging you to buy in. You're actually the one, by the way, selling them. In this case, a fucking handbag that you just put a tissue in, a watch that just tells you what time it is. It's the same premise, by the way. It only has value because we all agree, like the greater fool, it has value. But if you notice the trick of making it seem like, oh, can I, please, can I buy a bag for 50k? That's what they're doing with these slots. And by the way, it fucking works. That's the saddest thing of all. Like, I always say this, the most disappointing moment in the history of esports wasn't the Overwatch League starting. It was all those teams buying into round two of the Overwatch League. When that happened, I was like, hold, I actually am in like a zombie apocalypse now and I'm like the only human left. Like, this is mental. Like, because remember, it's one thing if you bought in for 24 million or whatever, first time round, you can get tricked. You could have gone in with good faith. They might not have done what you said. If you bought in for like 45 million the second time round, you just, you deserve to have your money parked from you, mate. <laughs> Born his money, eh? Um, Oh, one last thing, actually. Richard brought up another point, which is probably... This is actually, by the way, probably the most important point of all. Richard actually nailed, which is... Because it's going to seem so... It's going to seem like a minor point to other people. This is actually it. I know this happened with Overwatch League. When Overwatch League started, and in the first few years, they weren't hitting the numbers they said they were. They weren't getting the revenues they said they were. By the way, once that Twitch exclusivity deal ran out, they didn't even have most of the money they were supposed to share with people. Once that happened, I heard actually, Foxtrot, there were owners, very legit esports owners, who went to Blizzard and were like, look, what the fuck is this? Like, I didn't buy in to get ripped off by you. And also, like, what are you doing? I'll just sell tomorrow if you do this. Or, or, or the other thing some of them said, by the way, I've heard, is I won't pay the fee. I won't pay the fee that you said I would. I'm, I, I'm I can breach this contract. I bet you've probably breached some of the terms with your Morgan Stanley. I bet all that shit. I've heard this one on. What I was told was this fox drop. They were told in a similar fashion to the handbag guy. Look, I'm sorry how it worked out with Overwatch, but you know what? You've got a Call of Duty team, haven't you? I'm, I'm opening a Call of Duty team. Like, tell you what, I'll put you down for that. Call of Duty League's going to be way more sick. I'll put you top of the list on that. That's what they did. And as far as I know, that is actually what these game devs also want to do, by the way. They want to make it so it's like, you're not just buying into LEC and hoping League of Legends succeeds. It's all right. You get a preferential spot in Valorant. And then you know what? Then there's going to be that fucking game. What's the next? Isn't it like a fighting game next yeah. to summer? Yeah. Then the fighting game comes out. Well, guess what? I'll guarantee if you have a slot in LEC and the fucking Valorant League, you're probably odds in to get the fighting slate. The joke is for Riot, that's brilliant, by the way, you're just making like a, a customer who's a regular customer who keeps investing into your scam. And the best thing is you're sort of leveraging them all into each other, aren't you? So I also think that is the long-term game plan for Riot, by the way. I actually think the game devs want that to be the model. Like when you buy in, it's sort of like, right, you're in our gang now. We all, we let you into the next scam, as it were. I actually think a lot of this, by the way, really does have real world parallels to crypto and all the shit the last few years. It's so similar. The same mechanisms of how you sort of get people in. Like, you know, it's essentially, I'm talking about whitelisting white fucking NFT yeah. so It's the same principle. It's, it's the same mechanisms because what they do is it just plays on social dynamics. Like I say, the genius is Riot, who is essentially selling you an imaginary glass of the best lemonade ever, is making you beg them to buy it for as much as, and you're having bidding wars to buy it. That's how wild esports is. So real quick, do you think that there should be more sports. So you, you've mentioned about oh, that's true. I didn't say that. Then, but, but, I would but, just like, say this. 
The problem is, I know why fans want more, because we want more teams so there can potentially be more great matches and more competition. But if you actually look how franchise leagues work, this is like an episode, a few episodes ago we discussed this. The downside is this. They don't actually put in, in place the proper incentives to make people succeed in the cert league. Mm. So I actually have a counterintuitive take. I think the more slots you increase LEC by, the more you will actually make the quality of the league worse. And not just because there's more teams joining. Here's what will happen. If you made LEC 20 teams tomorrow, well, here's what I think would be the case. You would still have G2 and Fnatic try and win the league. You'd have one or two other teams would try. Now, if you're the eighth best team, you're in the middle of the league now, mate. Yeah. You don't even have to try. So now the team that we all were kicking up the arse before, they don't have to try at all. Now all you have to do is stay ahead of the guy who's running with you instead of outrunning the lion. Like, you would actually just, in my opinion, have like 12 shit teams that were all min-maxing. I don't think, sadly, you would get like 20 amazing teams that all go for broke because we didn't get that with eight. We didn't get that with 10. You probably never get that, sadly. Fair enough. I, I want to move on. We've... Uh... We've got some more Riot stuff to talk about. Riot's really taken a kick in the nads this episode. I don't know what you got against them today, Rich, but um, they're going to be the topic of our, of our third, uh, third topic as well. This is a brilliant one. Um, we all love talking about Riot and how great they treat their employees, specifically their employees that are women. It's come again. Riot has done something a little bit cheeky. According to Riot, Lydia, software engineer, uh, who obviously it works for Riot. Uh, apparently this time around, Riot has uh, been criticizing and disciplining some of their, their employees, their female employees, for posting bikini pictures on their personal social media accounts. Uh, and even going so far as to insisting that the pictures in question get deleted. Uh, Riot Lydia quoted, she, she posted a tweet, she said, if you're a woman at Riot and you post a swimsuit pic, you can get in trouble with HR and have to delete. But then you go to the office and guys are walking around in t-shirts emblazoned with bikini models and there's a policy forbidding you from complaining about specifically this. <laughs> Seems Riot's, Riot said it again and uh, I want to unleash you two on, on everyone's favourite game developer company. Um, I'll start with you, Rich. What, what are your thoughts on, on this whole scandal and just in general, like, employee-employer relationship and the control they have in, like, personal social media accounts and stuff like that? Um, yeah. Take it away. First off, here's a tip for anyone that works for Riot. I don't know if this is like in your contracts or whatever, but I'm going to assume it's not. And if it's not, small tip. Don't call yourself on Twitter Riot something. First of all, because it's really cringe and I immediately think less of you for it. And that's not fair at all. That's just a natural reaction that I have. I see the, you know, it's like my own PTSD. It's like, if I see someone with blue hair, I think it's 10% more likely they're going to screech at me. It's just one of these things. Is it fair? No. Is, is it true? Who can say? But don't put right in your name. The other reason, by the way, you shouldn't put right in your name is for things like this. Because while obviously my default uh, sort of take on this is it's outrageous... At the same time, if my company, for example, if you worked for me when I was at H2K, if your name is H2K something on social media and you actually work for me and you're like tweeting wild stuff, let's say, I'm probably not going to be overly happy about that because you are, while it is your personal account, you are making it about work by putting Riot in your name. So as I said, this is something, I'm, by the way, I'm genuinely unsure of. I have no idea if you actually have to put Riot in your name on socials or not or something, because it seems like they all do it. So I'm not sure about that. But I'm going to assume it's not true, because that would seem pretty wild. But regardless, that's kind of a side point. 
obviously in terms of like the meat and bones uh, the meat and bones of this um it's completely outrageous the first thing i want to touch on is the last part of her tweet when she said you know there's guys walking around the offices wearing like t-shirts with bikinis on and that there's an actual policy against complaining about this i'm going to assume that that's not true or that she's misworded that a little bit because that not because you know i i think she necessarily lacks credibility or anything like that but that just seems so random and specific that i find it am i to believe based on what she said and tell me by the way guys if you've interpreted this differently what i've interpreted from that is she is saying that there is a specific rule which means that she is not allowed to complain about guys wearing like scantily uh, clad women on uh, clothing basically at work that there is a specific rule which means she's not allowed to complain about that that's how that reads to me so i don't think that's true again pure conjecture on my part but that seems so wild i don't think that's true but again those are asides obviously the main point here is the idea that on your personal social media uh, personal social media account that you are not allowed to post personal images of yourself which are not, by the way, nudity or anything. They're like presumably holiday pics of you in a bikini or you in whatever, a bathing suit, right? And obviously the idea that Riot would have any control or say over that is not only a massive overstep on the face of it. It's also really weird and creepy and gives me the... the I mean, someone's checking up on these people, I guess, and presumably not for the sole purpose of making sure you haven't said a racial slur or something. It's like, oh, let's see if Stacey's posted any in her new bikini this week. Oh, she has. Oh, uh, and then it's fucking what's-his-face from recess writing it down in his notebook. Like, I don't know. Like, I... I it's obviously that it conceptually it's a massive overstep now again i have to preface my comments by saying i don't know if there's some really weird legislation in their employee contracts that mean that actually they can't do this or or whatever but in concept of course it's not only outrageous it's also really creepy the second point obviously is that you would think right would be super careful about these kind of things bearing in mind yeah. their immediate I'm going to tell you in a second an amazing Google actually, but go on, keep going. Their immediate recent history of their, obviously their gender discrimination case. And also, by the way, the fact that all of these people work for a game dev company that release yearly skins called Pool Party X. And by the way, as an aside, because this is an appropriate segue, if you yeah. type into Google in the bar, Riot Lydia, and then press space, the second autocomplete is swimsuit pick. <laughs> yeah, and the internet's so stupid, isn't it? That's just the Google autocomplete. Because obviously the joke is everyone's seeing this story, and because they're just nerd gamers, men, they've just typed in like, "What is the swimsuit pic she's talking about?" Like that's so stupid. They haven't even gone to her Instagram. They've Googled it as well. I know it's so stupid. And then, hey, keep going, keep if going, you type man. that, but then if you click on images. What comes up? Not that picture, but all of Riot's pool party skins. The, yeah, the joke is it's all of their yes. pool party yeah. skins. Yes. So yeah, the it, I mean, obviously, again, it's it's like a, a self parody at this point with Riot and their inability to deal with the fact that women exist, like on planet Earth, is just hilarious. And I say that as a joke, but I mean it, that is basically true. Like most of Riot's sort of social slash political public facing issues have been. Because oh, Riot yeah. are basically yeah. incels and have no idea how to actually deal with the other gender at all. Like on a personal level or on a professional level, they have no clue what they're doing. They're just like guessing like, I am now in a work environment. How do I deal with women? Uh, there must be set parameters, I assume. Uh, they, have no, they have no clue what's going on. They're just fucking 
freewheeling it and it's a complete disaster and again i don't know why after the gender discrimination thing which by the way all morality and stuff aside cost them a shitload of money that's going to cost them a ton million, of money yeah. they might appeal it the 100 million might not stay at that specific number whatever happens it's going to cost them a boatload of money why are they not being super careful and going back and looking at all their sort of rules and stuff surrounding this and making sure that nothing akin to that could ever happen again and this is kind of like a bit of a silly you know topic but at the same time it's about the broader scope and attitudes inside riot towards women and all the rest of it like it's mind-blowing that this stuff like keeps coming back to the surface and by the way most egregiously although if you're not super naive this was abundantly obvious to all of us this goes against all that bullshit waffle they came out with after the riot gender stuff where they didn't admit complete fault but they did basically say clearly we have lots of stuff to did work all the training, on, blah, blah, yeah. and you've learned nothing you did nothing yeah. and everything you said was a lie everything you said was a lie because it was meant to be a top to bottom complete yes. re-evaluation and rejigging of all of these things to make sure this never happened and that women were treated on equal footing and all the rest of it and if what she says is true which i have no reason to believe that it's not based on, on riot's history that women can't even again not talking about the workplace they cannot post in their spare time uh swimsuit pictures or holiday pics or whatever on social media but men can walk around the office uh displaying images of like scantily clad women that is obviously outrageous in itself even minus the context and when you add the context again it's just self-parody isn't it at this point like it's, it's just it's so it's a badly written sitcom. Riot Games is literally just a badly written sitcom. Maybe in Riot Games should have been fe should have been featured in the uh, in that in Paramount Plus. Maybe they should have changed. Okay. They, we can get another. Uh... Apparently, though, actually, all jokes aside, that's a pretty good show. That player's show, I've heard it's actually quite it. good. I've not seen it because it's on Paramount Plus, and it's like, bro, I've there's Netflix, there's there's Hulu, there's there's HBO, there's prime video there's apple tv plus there's disney plus now there's paramount plus like fuck all that like i'm just it's just not happening but still anyway i'm getting distracted here i'm getting angry um yeah I, i'm assuming thorin you're just gonna tell right on you on as well because this is yeah. obviously ridiculous well, it's obviously thing. ridiculous here's the but, thing though yeah, it ain't just gonna be riot like actually one thing about this topic by the way spoiler this pipeline of topics like this about riot games and blizzard is never going to end because one as rich said these are people who essentially the joke of these companies if you don't get it is these are literal frat boys who began these companies they did it even with that sort of frat startup like lol can you believe this like we eat pizza and work all night like that was the whole thing and then the whole aim was to be able to exploit women and money and have fast cars and be a dickhead and be able to say like Dana White style fuck you I've got fuck money that was the whole dream of doing a company like Riot and Blizzard so then you have these companies but because in the modern day these are some of the biggest employers in the esports space you have thousands of women and you can add in other groups of people who also wouldn't vibe with those people gay people minorities etc you have thousands and thousands of people it's essentially like a recipe for disaster this industry you've got these companies that are by default founded on values that do not fit with the people who are coming in droves to work for those people so unsurprisingly you're never going to fucking resolve that there's no way to cut the Gordian knot on this one all you're going to do is see a never ending stream of stories like this and by the way this is the downside though it's now too easy a target though isn't it now anything you say about women with Blizzard or Riot instantly gets A conflated with all past sins and B believe 
removed because of the track record. And then C, this is the worst part of all, because in certain cases, these are sometimes just women talking to their other friends and employees. Sometimes it also does become now everything has to be brought up. Now every minor fucking scruple has to be made out to be like actual rapes and outrageous criminal behavior like that, which I think is already a dangerous standard. And so what I'm going to bring up is this. The person in question is going to get fucking roasted in my session. Everyone gets roasted on this one. Because I'll tell you another thing I'm sick and tired of, Rich. I'm sick and fucking tired of hearing a story like this. Woman who worked for Riot or Blizzard had an outrageous experience where they were completely mistreated and they did nothing wrong. I click their account and I already have them blocked, which means they've said or done something shitty about me in my career. But I didn't know who this person is. I don't know they exist. Because here's the thing. The joke is, this is how perspective works, Rich. Them and their friends are going to go, well, what does that say about you? No, idiot. What it actually suggests is this. You just go around making hysterical screeching comments about everything that happens at any moment in your life involving a man. So essentially, it makes me actually think less of your cases you're saying about Riot and Blizzard when I know essentially you were on the chicken little like, the sky's falling because I've made a tweet. That makes me not on your side when I go into this. I'm not a neutral observer. I'm already thinking, I'm going to look for if there's any bullshit shaded into this because you know what? As much as they are dickheads, at Riot and Blizzard. They're also, I wouldn't say harmless, they're just boring run-of-the-mill dickheads. They're not super villains. They're not really evil. They're not psychopaths. They're not, I know they present like this. They're just a bunch of dickhead frat boy people, like I said before. Or, the other joke is, it's either the, the fucking frat boy dickhead guy who probably has had sex but just is a dickhead, and his the person he's the team leader of is, I wouldn't say insults, because I don't really use that term much, just the loser nerd, the one who has no connection with women and probably has a bad relationship with them and doesn't know how to, that's the two groups you're on the opposite ends of the fucking spectrum and then in between are all this endless assembly line of women you're feeding into this fucking wood chipper it's not going to be a good scenario for anyone so the problem is already I'm already a bit nervous by the way I've seen this story build and then when I look at the phrasing I think this phrasing betrays so much bullshit because one thing I learned about when people tell their story is you know there's that famous saying like essentially whatever you talk about or write about you're on some level writing about yourself because you are you're actually describing how you see the world what your value are are going to be implicitly implied within what you're saying. Your judgments of others will say things about how your lens is on the world, right? Well, in the same sense, they always give away when they make these complaints. There's always an element where you can sort of pull on it and be like, nah, that's, you wouldn't phrase it that way. So I'll give you an example. In this tweet that was actually made, so she, like, we'll go through it. She goes, if you're a woman at Riot and you post a swimsuit pic, you can get in trouble with HR and have to delete. Pause. What do you mean, get in trouble? That's a very vague fucking comment there. Because as Rich says, is Riot, like, do they have a massive minority report style facility with like a, a fucking panel of screens and they're just scanning Instagrams and they go, but, sir, target locked. I've located a pit. No. What I imagine that already means, by the way, is if someone literally like reports you and says, well, I actually, this, I think this pitch is appropriate or something, or maybe have like an email. I, I imagine you get reported for this would be my guess. And that someone spitefully or your boss or someone reports you and says like, I don't think this is appropriate or whatever. Or we have a policy that goes against it. I don't think Riot, by the way, just sits back going, any women posting pictures with titties in? I don't think they're doing that somehow. I think that's already, immediately I've entered the realm of fantasy. I already, I'm already, by the way, not on this person's side and not even in neutral ground. I'm already like, you might be lying in this case. So go to the next part. Then it goes and you have to delete them, right? Okay. Then it goes, but you go to the office and guys are walking around in T-shirts emblazoned with bikini models. 
Again, the, the convenient lack of details and facts fucks me. Because A, all I need is a single picture. A single image would make it worth a thousand words. One, just show me what one of these shirts looks like. They're doing it all the time. You must have dozens of these pictures of people in them. Because the problem I have with this bitch is this. Right, is that supposed to be like a Bermuda shirt with like a woman, like a cartoon woman in a bikini, and it's just a joke one, a bit like if you remember that famous one of the original OG SJW moments when that guy who was like a fucking astron astrophysics guy famously got shut down on that stream because he had that woman in the bikini, and the joke was a female artist had fucking designed it, but the harpies of the internet still like ruined this guy's life or whatever famously. Is it like that where it's just a cartoon? Because I already have an immediate problem I've got with this woman's take. You are a human woman. That is a cartoon. I know at Riot Games I have to make this distinction, but in theory, adult human men aren't supposed to be sexually attracted to cartoon women. They're supposed to be attracted to adult human women like you. So can you see how there's a very clear distinction if it was a cartoon, a generic cartoon woman, and you, physically the woman, who then sits in the desk next to them and goes... Respect me as a co-worker. I'm now about to work. See my ass there? Fucking thick, isn't it? Mm, peachy. Like, do you see how that might make an inappropriate relationship already in your office? Like, that's the problem. Because here's the main thing this all comes back to. And this is a key point to understand. HR was never there to protect you. HR is there to protect the company. That is why a lot of people don't know this. When you have, like, scandalous scenarios, a standard approach, if they can, from HR is try to fire both people. Because the premise goes, these people somehow are getting involved in a scandal that's going to fuck us up. Can we get rid of them? And what they'll do, if you don't know, is that's why there's a million policies. If you're the victim in this case, they won't fire, they won't go, you are fired for complaining about us deleting your pictures. They'll just find some other reason from HR. There's a million reasons. And the joke is like Stalinist Russia, everyone's breaking some rule. So they'll find some performance reason to fire. So the joke is, first of all, already, the, the assumption that like HR was going to help you out, you're an idiot. The HR was only ever there to protect Riot. And then more importantly, the way they're going to protect you is exactly like I'm saying. They're going to create rules that nobody can keep to perfectly, but on paper, sound like they're doing their job, which is duty of care. Take care of the environment of the people who work for them and the standards, right? And what they're going to do is this. I'll guarantee you, the real joke of this topic, in my opinion, is I would bet dollars to fucking donuts that these policies were implemented by people like her. People like her asked for policies like this, because I'll spin it the other way around. Are you ready for a brilliant one? Imagine, right, this woman did a post and the post goes like this. Oh, Riot Games is one of the most sexist companies ever. When I used to work there, they used to just let men walk around with, like, big titty women just on their shirts. And I used to think, I'm a professional woman working in an office as a programmer. Why am I seeing, like, images like that? I don't need to be sexualised and have work. Dude, imagine that same post. You do realise that post is just the opposite of this. That's just a complaint about what they do let you do now. That would then be billed as what? Sexist and proof that Riot's sexist. You cannot win. You are damned if you do and you are damned if you don't. Because the joke is this person really just wants a literal double standard. They want to, on the one hand, have a personal social media, which as Richard Rich says, they're almost going out of their way to connect with the company. They're not making it like an alternate alias of like, oh, is that your tweet? I didn't even know that was your account. They're making it directly associated. And in doing and so, right? The reason why I would imagine Riot has these policies, because as I said, when they started the company, they definitely, they definitely didn't start with the HR department and all these really restrictive rules. These were added to protect the frat boys later. If I had to guess, they'll have put in a totally unisex set of scenarios, Rich, and it'll be like this. You cannot 
show any skin to someone in an inappropriate manner. You cannot take off an item of clothing. You cannot appear in sweat. By the way, this is also to protect women from some fucking fat, ugly cunt just putting a picture on his desktop of him in like a speedo. Because guess what? The women could complain to HR about that. This is why this whole topic is so fraught with, like, it's so complicated. There's no obvious, like, good guy, bad guy. Everyone's sort of, like, fucking up in some way, but in a way that doesn't make sense. It's because when you put these rules in place, they're trying to mandate all human behavior and interaction you can't do that effectively like you know essentially the only way you can do that is by making it dictatorial and the easiest way to control behavior is there's no behavior allowed they go just banned now i don't have to what's the distinction between a cartoon bikini and a real bikini and also here's another angle i've got for you right she herself plays the double standard in this post because it's assumed right in the post that she's fine with people having bikinis on their tops because she puts bikini pictures up herself but it isn't though is it because the way she phrases it is more like i did x but they allow y which is even worse whoa 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 whoa, whoa. no 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 you're in favor of bikini pictures why why are you making it now that you so you get to have your cake and eat it it's both good but then bad if they do it which is it so that's the problem she doesn't even tell you which side she's actually on there and as a last detail i'll just tie it into what rich was talking about with the the lawsuit if i had a 100 million dollar lawsuit where i had to pay every woman who ever worked for me in a sexual harassment suit i think a very simple way to set some ground rules that i can never have another one would be things like how about if people can't post bikini pics my dickhead employees can't leer over them can't then make comments about them you know what i mean like that's the problem it's not the world that the women wanted. It's not the world they would choose to live in. But essentially, when you don't know how it's going to be implemented, and you just say, do something like this is this this is what companies will do, I'm afraid. So I guess it, I don't think there's any winners in this. I think everyone looks bad, quite frankly. So, so I'd just make two quick sort of uh, um, retorts, retorts to that, because I think, uh, first of all, and as I, can't, I think I kind of suggested in my sort of opening thing, I don't think this girl has... Uh, much credibility i mean the, to me the tweet just reads very weirdly like everything about it's just very strange so i'm kind of put off by it but what i would say is the reason why i gave like default credibility to the start and i do think there's default credibility is that the articles that have been written about it multiple people have come forward and basically co-signed the exact same thing so at least like in, in terms of like if it's good or bad or what policies they put in that's all to one side for now but this thing that has happened in terms of like riot asking girls to delete their pictures that does seem to be a recurring thing unless loads of random people have come forward and they're all lying which obviously the can one be... thing that is suspicious though rich which is this if you worked for riot you currently have a friends and co-workers who still work there you don't need to tell us all these lovely fucking narnia stories about this policy it just shows it yeah. Just show yeah, the yeah. screenshot the, yeah, part, the, part, also, the contract, the all the cover. And if the policy says, by the way, as Richard alluded to, it almost certainly doesn't. If yeah. the policy says you are not allowed to criticize men having them big titties on their shirt, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? Spoiler, that piece of evidence, you wouldn't even need this whole post. You just post that screenshot, game over. So the fact you haven't implies you don't have the evidence. And it probably yeah. isn't quite phrased that way, is it? And also, it, it, did, uh, it is current and former employees have come forward. So it is people who now no longer work for Riot. And yeah, sure, yeah. you do have like nda stuff which extent whatever but realistically they're not imagine right went after you right that would be even more of a shit storm so essentially you are protected in in some sense but with the policy stuff what i would say is because let's keep in mind again these are girls posting on uh if we take it at face value it's girls posting on their personal accounts right? yeah, their Instagram accounts, so, the, yeah. so to me if there is policy around that 
then it's already inappropriate. Even if Riot is doing it to protect them or to stop people from leering or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, as, as I said, like, obviously Riot should be doing everything they can to avoid being in scandal and whatever. And if it turns out that higher ups are looking over the like images of these girls or whatever, okay. But there's already a degree of separation because even though people like Lydia for some reason are calling themselves Riot Lydia, which again, I would advise against, ultimately it is her personal Twitter account. And if she's posting pictures of her in a bikini from holiday, theoretically that should have nothing to do with anyone at Riot or anyone that works at Riot. There should be a complete disconnect. So that the idea that someone is leering at that is almost the same as like i don't know if he's like walking past her fucking house and see something through the window you know it's like there's no official connection between riot and her posting bikini pictures on her account so i do think that if there is policy that is directly linked to her posting on her personal account that is already inherently inappropriate why do you have any policy that has anything to do with her personal account it doesn't make sense to me um so i would just say if that does exist and by the way again because of the second half of her tweet is so weird and confusing like i find it hard to believe that it's exactly how she says it is but if there is anything like that that exists that's just bad strategy on on riot's behalf but again as i said the, unfortunately the person that came forward is not most likely the best example where we can probably properly analyze it and discern the x from y and a from b because the tweet it just w reads so weirdly but as i said i do give it some credence because apparently a lot of people both past and current have come forward and basically co-signed the story so i do believe i i'm and it's right game so i'm like <laughs> they haven't earned my benefit of the doubt in this sense like i do believe that this is somewhat of a thing and as i said to your point thorin if this was like all contained in like the realms of what your job description is and there was a concept of like it, these kind of images being around then i'd be like 100 like yeah i mean there are no winners here this is all ridiculous but purely because it's the fact regardless of a dumb decision to write put riot in your twitter handle or whatever but purely because it is you theoretically posting on your personal Twitter account, I do think it's inappropriate that Riot would write any legislation whatsoever about how people can interact or you should remove this or delete this or you can't post this. I, I just think it's inappropriate. By the way, as a general rule, I also, since that is the topic, I also agree, like, in theory, the employer should have no say of what you do on your social media. In my opinion, unless it is, like, specifically built into it. So, like, an example would be, if you made an org and the whole org was, like, we are all, like, devout, I don't know, fucking, like... Church of Latter-day Saints, Christians or something, then yeah, what probably would be totally inappropriate if you were just post a picture with your ass out or something. Like, that might be against the entire ethos of the org. And obviously, if the whole fan base was, like, around those lines, you have invalidated the business premise. But, like, one other thing I would say is this. Like, this is the problem I have with this topic. It's also that it's riot. Because another thing I wondered about with that phrasing of, like, bikini models, like... By the way, if this turns out to actually be a T-shirt featuring a fucking Riot skin that is a pool party skin, then this is already one of the most disingenuous tweets yes. I've ever seen because that was one of the first things I thought of yes. when they put it vague and no fit a photo because at the end of the day, you aren't working for fucking like Heinz Beans Ketchup Company, are you? Like you are working at fucking Riot Games that make this imagery around fucking the female characters being like that. I've even always thought, by the way, just as a random aside, they can catch us three on this one. There's one area, ladies, in esports who are women in esports who have influencer platforms that you're, you have to stop playing this double standard if you want to be considered a good faith actor which is you can't yourself sexualize yourself in exactly the way you would never want your fan to if you then would get mad if the same fan posted the same comment in reply to you so an example would be if you're someone who thinks well I'm just a woman who works in esports it's just a picture of me it's inappropriate you sexualize me I'm just posting this for my friends say like I was on holiday and that's why I'm in a bikini well then don't then in the next picture yourself make the joke like pool party me 
It's like, well, then how is it now inappropriate for the fan to say pool party you when it's you in a bikini? It's the same joke. Like, that's the problem with that scenario is like, you can't have your cake and eat it. you got to really, men work best off rules. I'm telling you, if you look at the history of men, how we always organise, that's why men do strict hierarchies. We, we like it best when there are set rules. You can do this, you cannot do that. This is the line. Do not cross it. So all I'm going to say is if you're a woman and you do that behaviour, you are sending mixed messages to your fan base and these impressionable men. And unfortunately, you're almost training them. Like, essentially, what they're going to think then is like, oh, well, like, so I can say to this one to sexualise, but then I can't. This, like, I'd set the ground rules wherever you want it. If you don't want it doing, just be very careful and make it clear. Only me and my friends are doing it that way. We're not doing it in general manner because that's one topic I've always found weird in league. That on the same... Because essentially, one of the things I hate about this topic, it's why I made that point of like, if you spun it the other way, then you just make it sexist that you did have all the stuff. It's like, that was always a really weird part about league anyway, is that they always implied like, oh, it's about diversity and inclusion. But then isn't the entire metric of the game selling like pool party type skins of the female characters and having massive tits anime titties like the entire game is like a paradox because again it's like Riot they're selling themselves as the most woke game but it's actually a game that's like closer to that DOA game from 15 years ago where the tits bounced in like phys 3D physics like there's all this that, that you, it's like they're catering to a certain fan and then denying that's their main fan base I just find it weird I've always found Riot a weird company in that by, sense by the way the reason why that happens and is consistent just very quickly is because ultimately Riot's owned by Tencent who are and in Asia they don't bat an eye. They're not there. Oh, no, they don't the care. They don't pretend. Yes. They don't pretend. Yes. They they know that if you gave them an interview, they'd probably say, "Yeah, sex sells." And what the problem oh, in is? Asia, people don't know. They to this day are still doing it. Like in Asia, if you don't know, all the interviewers and stage hosts are like those Formula One girls. They're just like a girl in a bikini is looking good. Yeah. Like they 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 don't even pretend. They're like I just say they they don't really tell you what sex sells. Yeah, but, yeah, the, yeah. The problem I is idiot. that you've got this the Western branch of the company who are pretending that they're woke, but then they still have to answer to the overlords, like the Asian yes. overlords. So they they are trying to have their cake and eat it. And ultimately, I I do actually think, by the way that if Riot was solely owned and controlled by an American company, you wouldn't actually get the pool party skins. I actually, I actually think they would go that far until it started it would losing be them. It would be considered like yeah. a social whole party in the modern day. Yeah, until, until it started losing the money. And then, of course, they betrayed these pretend morals that they have. But it, it, it would get to that point. They'd stop doing it. And then they realized, you know what? Actually, uh, the big anime titties were a bit of a seller. So we're bringing them back. Um, but yeah, I think that would actually happen. But again, because Asia is ultimately in control, there is nothing like that. I'm, I want to jump in here as well because I have an opinion on this this topic too. Um, I I disagree both you a little bit here. I'm not saying you're wrong or anything. I'm just going to give an alter, alternate opinion. Uh, if uh, I don't think Riot would not do pool party because the whole point of like having these like sexy skins, ignore my dog going crazy here, is like that's you know there's 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 empowerment there and Riot will be all for that you know like you know that could have been really awkward there like if your mic was better because luckily for you it didn't pick up your dog but imagine if as you're going you know those sexy skins good job you mentioned the dog really dodgy exactly i'm trying to be like woke here dog come on man give me a moment like generally i think you know when when i look on social media and i see people like hubba hubbering over anime titties a lot of times it's girls you know because it's all about like it's not necessarily about um you know just like protecting women by making them cover up or anything it's like fuck it let them have their big anime honkies let them let them walk around in bikinis and stuff and just let them be you know that's the whole point like it's not necessarily about 
like that they can do these things but it doesn't necessarily have to turn into this whole kind of i mean obviously it's sexy no one's disagreeing with the fact that if you got your titties out you got your titties out everyone knows that it's disingenuous to, to you know suggest otherwise but it also doesn't necessarily mean that you should that there's that you should have a target on your back for doing it right i sure. think that's a general like consensus. Yeah, yeah um regarding like whether or not the shirt in question with this tweet was a pool party shirt. There's just no fucking way. Surely not. I mean, I 100% agree. If that is the case, that's just ridiculous. But I, I, I can't imagine that's true. And uh, <laughs> and um, there is actually a reply further in, in the comments oh, to right. that thread where someone doesn't. There's not a picture, but it describes it where there's someone. Someone's got like um, it's like a bare-chested woman. Like a woman's just got her tits out. Um, and it's like artsy and stuff because there's like no head. It's like one of those Greek kind of statue things. I don't know if it's like a real. By the way, as an aside, that's also a weird part to me. It's like, that's the one part in theory I do agree with the post entirely of the woman, which is like, it is a bit weird that any company would let you come in with like women with tits out and bikinis. <laughs> like, why is that? This is an American company where it's like hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. Like, why is that? Like, to me, even just being allowed to wear a T-shirt would be pretty free free going and pretty freewheeling. So I I find it almost weird that it's implied that that's like the baseline at Riot. You know? Silicon Valley-like yeah. adaptation, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, yeah. It's new age. Always. Yeah, uh, but I think I think like, I mean, I I I think it's okay if you want to have those t-shirts around. And I I, I the way I interpret this tweet is that if people are wearing these kind of shirts, it might make some people uncomfortable. But I would be more on the edge of like, that sounds like a you problem if that makes you uncomfortable. Like if there's some like bikini girl on your shirt, I mean you can you can certainly judge someone and be like, it's a bit crude, mate, for work, isn't it? But it's not necessarily offensive or insulting i'm just what i read from the tweet is just like that's a contradiction there i can't post my social media pictures oh, yet the weirdest part though as well dude this is one thing you've got to do is you've got to take people's premise initially and imagine that they're making a good case and try and follow it through right so the mm. part that doesn't make any sense about this is obviously it's implied that she thinks it's totally fine to post these pictures, right? And that's totally fine to that. Yeah. If I had to guess, right, this is just obvious to me. The whole reason I think, like I said, that Riot would make it that you're not allowed to... Here's, this is the premise I can't I can't abide by because reality can't be four different things all at once that are mutually exclusive. Is Riot Games a company that had to pay $100 million because they're actually mega sexist and don't treat women appropriately and don't seem to understand what women find appropriate behaviour? Yes, they are. Well, in that case, they're also not simultaneously fucking Puritans from three centuries ago who were like, titties? Get those away! So... The problem in this scenario is they haven't, like, she's almost like, that's how even the gist of this tweet, isn't it? It's almost like, they're like, bloody, on the one hand, they let men do it, but they're just against women's sexuality. No, this is almost certainly, like I said, somebody at Riot was like, look, if they don't see the picture of the bikini, they won't fantasize and write the creepy thing. So just cut the bikini. That's what they're doing. I think they're genuinely just being super cynical and being just, don't let women do anything which sexualizes the them. I think the t-shirt is a red herring though. Like this is why I kind of like dismiss the t-shirt thing because in reality, as you said, like obviously if it turned out to be a pool party thing, whatever, that's outrageous or whatever and she destroys herself. Yeah. But I think it's a complete red herring. To me, the only thing that matters is how invasive is Riot being or not being? Yeah, that's about a good what people angle. are yeah. posting on yeah. their accounts. That's, I don't that's a much stronger thing. Yeah, yeah. She, the reason she put it in there, um, or I'm saying, or a reason she probably put it in there is, as Fox said, like she wanted to create the contrast as well, and it's additionally yes. outrageous because of it. You, you don't actually, if your argument makes sense on its own yeah. merits, you don't need to drag something else into it. Like wherever, unless this guy had like a, a, a porn, which he didn't, because she would have written porn if it was on his shirt. I'm with Fox. Like it doesn't fucking matter if the policy is you're allowed to wear t-shirts to work then if it's like 
a Roman statue or something, which has it's like, who cares, man? Like you can't, in my opinion, she would probably be lying about caring about that as well. The big thing is how invasive are they about what people do on their quote unquote personal accounts or not? And if the story is strong enough to stand on its own merits, please just stick to that story because now or else what happens is what me and Thorin have done, for example, is we'll pick apart your tweet. Your tweet could have been a two liner. Instead, I'm yeah, reading yeah. like, sorry, they have what random policy about not complaining about shirts? Like what? What? I'm now just lost in the source. Like what's going on? Like I, just I say the, they the made me delete bikini pics. Yes, the 100%, the focus of the tweet, the way I interpret it is like, she's upset with, with, with that policy. I don't think it's about the t-shirt at all. Right. I, I, if I was to like hazard a guess, because I, I, I'm like thinking about it from like the, a human perspective, like this is just, it's Lydia from Software Engineering for goodness sake. She's just some, she's just a person. She's just a human being ranting on her Twitter. That's also why like you know maybe she's not posted like a picture of the shirt or like where it says in her in her contract because she's not trying to like burn right to the ground. She's just pissed off. Like she, it's probably because she had someone talk to her about her picture and then she went into work the next day and some bloke's got tees on her shirt, on his shirt, you know. It might not even be that offensive of a shirt. She probably really doesn't care about it deep down, honestly. But it's it's rubbed her the wrong way because of this invasive policy about about social media. That's well, the way it, I do You it, have I also, think. I don't know if people did do it in the replies, but you have totally opened the door to, can I see the picture in question so I could judge mm -hmm. myself? Yeah, you, <laughs> you have just opened the door for that completely. I, just, you do I do these subtle things. Just so, you know. uh, it's for engagement know, the algorithm. So <laughs> if anyone, uh, you know, can maybe describe the picture in the comments, that would be great. I'll just leave those comments in there. But no, that's the way I read it. I just think riots are overstepping. And if, if it is a case of like riots, like, you know petrified they've they've been out of pocket 100 mil because they're scumbags and um you know there's a policy okay fuck it no ch no risks don't post anything that blah, 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 blah. again that's not a that's not a solution and honestly i feel like this is a fairly good medium to complain about it because like i guarantee if you went internally it's probably going to get buried so you just rant about it on your Twitter page. Fuck it. I'm, I'm all for that on a company like Riot. You know, everyone's already out, out to get them anyway. And if you think something's going on, like, just just get it out there. I really, I I personally just believe, like, you know, the, the, the your average worker is, is silenced enough in a corporate <clears throat> environment, you know. If, if you can just say something on social media, like, it doesn't necessarily, she's not calling for, you know, like, this is this is nowhere near the scale of the Kotaku article that was calling out right for the sexual harassment. You know, it's just a frustrated employee over a, a ridiculous policy, and she's brought it to light. You know, like and and that's the way I interpret it. And I think that's yeah, it's it's whatever. She's just aggy. Is there anything you guys want to add before we move on? No, here? I think it's good. About that, it's like it's all good. No, good to move I'd on. just say if anyone knows anything about riot employment policy in terms of if if you have to actually have the riot at in your name or not, that would actually be an interesting tidbit to know for two reasons. One, because that's just weird, but also two, because they've actually create they've actually created the problem in a sense if that is true. Because it's like, well, now is it my personal account? Is it your account? Like that would actually mm. be interesting. And to what extent the person had knowledge of that? Because if it basically said, for as long as you work for us, your Twitter is ours, then that does change it a bit. But I suspect that's not the case, but that actually Riot is just interfering where they shouldn't. But yeah, that would be interesting to that's know. True. Let's move on to our last topic of the day then. And if you boys don't mind, I'll try and keep this one quick because we have been chatting for, for some time. Um, 
PSGO, it's uh, roster mania <clears throat> season. A lot of new players moving to different teams, some cool stuff, some cool roster moves. And I just want to uh, see what's the most hype move for you. As some examples, you've got Sphinx Vitality, JKS and Hooksy have gone to G2. How's that complexity? Um, yeah. What are you excited about in this uh, roster move? And, uh, you know, maybe give me like a team that you're looking forward to seeing with the, with the new lineup. I'll come to you first on that one, Rich. Uh I mean, I think where you go on this basically depends on which of the, what I would call like the pretender teams are most likely to now become contenders out of G2 and Vitality. Because for me, you can argue that most of the other moves don't like really alter the landscape that much. Um, I'd probably say for me, like Sphinx joining Vitality, uh, not only because I think it is an individual upgrade on Masuta, I think he is just a better player, but also you're removing Sphinx from another top team ends whereas for example with like jks um obviously he'd been subbing him for phase but you you're not taking him you're not plucking him away from anyone he's not being denied from another top contender in that sense so i do think that's more like landscape changing i also think though like what's interesting about the g2 situation and like hooksy coming in for example is it's very clear that g2 are suggesting there's like a leadership and coaching or like and or coaching problem right um, because, I mean, apparently they're looking for a new coach to, exp uh, to um, replace, sorry, uh, I don't even know how the fuck you say it. Exaz. Exaz, yeah. It's written very weird, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I'll leave Thorin to comment on whether or not he thinks this is just another knee coach. All right, muted you. I think you hit the mic. The, just as you were about to say knee coach, <laughs> you actually hit the, oh. the wire. No, he's still gone. Oh, we had him for a sec there. No, no. How did we get you for a sec when you unplugged the mic? How did that happen? Hello? Oh, I'm, I'm, back. I'm back. No, I was yeah, just he's gonna, back. He's back. He's yeah, back. so I was just going to say I'd leave it to Thorin to explain whether or not he thinks this is just another Nico excuse train to uh, dump on the IGL and coach. Because I kind of read it like that a little bit when I read it. I was like, here we go again. It's uh, Nico looking for excuses. But no, nah, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I'd say Spinks joining Vitality. Because as I said, it's... It's theoretically an individual upgrade on uh, Masuta, but also, yeah, it, it changes ends. So for me, that's the most interesting or the biggest impact, you could say. Okay, so almost like an addition. It's just taking away yeah. the star player from your right, from everyone in a sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, Thorin, what do you think? What are you excited about with all these roster changes? I actually think you could make a pretty compelling case for either the G2 or the Vitality one. Like, both teams obviously have, like, the raw pieces in their superstars, Nico and Zewu, where if you get the right team around them, they'll be number one in the world. They'll, they can win everything. So the stakes with these teams were huge. It's even why I actually thought it was obvious these teams would make roster moves. Because this is a case of where it's... This is where the mistake is thinking, oh, you're throwing good money after bad... No, you're actually making the fucking bad money make sense now. That's the point. Like, if you know the way CSGO rosters work. The dumbest thing we ever did in CSGO was act like you just put together teams like Lego. You don't. You make cores and you keep them and you add the right piece. And so it's actually about building up a core. So if you believe, I don't know if they do, but if you believe, I know in G2 they do seem to believe that like Nico, Hunter and Monacy is the core. Obviously that's the three they're going to stick with. So you now find the ones that work with those guys. In Vitality at a minimum, they seem to think it's the four that they've kept. Obviously, I think in the future, by the way, it's certainly possible one of the Danes and maybe Apex could be on the top 
popping. But for now, they're safe. So the key thing is, the reason I'll also agree, and I think it speaks to vitality, is because even though to a fan it might seem easier to fix G2, I actually think the vitality fix is the one that looks way more like it could be a night and day swap. Because if you look, first of all, I think Sphinx is way more in the vitality slash apex style of playing CS than the Astralis style. And I think their problem in that team was integrating the Astralis players into the style of play that Vitality and Apex have been doing. So then the other thing to me is this. When you move this player in, what you're trying to do actually is just add the firepower which should complete this team. The problem this team had was Zewu wasn't fully Zewu most of the time. He actually was pretty good still. And then the others just didn't deliver the level. Like Debris and Magus just weren't as good as you thought they were. Maybe they had the odd tournament where they were good. So really you didn't have, like on paper, those are your superstars. If you don't know, those are players who've won MVPs, been top 20 players. But realistically, actually only one of them is like a top 10 player, top 20 player. So if you add Sphinx, you have got Zewu's like a top two or three opera in the game. And you're adding Sphinx, a top two or three rifler in the game. And then you've still got Apex, Magus and, uh, and Dupree. But they're my role players. That already, again, as much as like four of those players to play together, that already sounds like a very exciting prospect. That is, That could be a number one in the world team. Like that could be the move that unlocks all the rest of the squad. Because there's even a world, and this is the exciting thing if you're a Vitality fan. Maybe Zewu doesn't have to be old Zewu. Maybe he can just stay this Zewu and he can win everything. Like if you add Sphinx, that becomes a possibility. And then that finally, as you say... It's always nice as well when you essentially just cripple a rival. Like, Ents is a team that would beat you at the moment or a better team than you. As soon as Sphinx leaves, you will be better than them and they probably will never be as good again, unfortunately, because if people don't know, the analogy I always give would be they would be like Liverpool if Salah didn't sign again, if he just left and went to like fucking PSG or Real Madrid. Yeah, you'll get another good player, but he's not going to be Mohamed Salah, is he? That won't be Sphinx for Vitality. So I think that one's the bigger move because it also has like the added impact. You just take away an enemy. All right, so it seems you both are in agreement on that one. Now, how much song have we got for the um for the like roster moves? Like, could we see any more big stuff happening? Do you predict any big? There's probably not going to be that or... many more because, in theory, it's just the player break. Like the the next cycle of tournaments is coming. The problem is, I I've heard that like there's plenty more being discussed, but no one knows if they're going to be like certainly going to happen or not. CS has always got like because we don't have like an off season the same way you do in league. We there's like mm. always rumors going in CS. Fair enough. Um, we can talk more about that kind of stuff in the next episode if you feel like we didn't cover that a lot i'm just kind of time conscious because yeah. that's all good yeah apologies for that but um anyway it gives us quicker to to skip on to the best part of the show here which is the forfeit that rich is gonna have to do because okay. thorin is the superior predictor analyzer as i here's the sad thing though mate I'll even say, begrudgingly, I actually even feel bad for Rich in this one. Because if you don't know, in the first one, I won and it was like a 3-2 and it was like, we're back and forwards and we're doing all these different games. On this one, I've not only 3-0'd it, I've swept it. But on the last two, at least the last two, it might have been all three even. I even said to Rich, because we're picking ones that I consider true 50-50s and you keep losing, you can just pick which one you want. So if you don't know for the last two, which was like Fnatic beating G2 in a BO1, which is hilarious now in League of Legends, because first of all, both teams are shit now, but actually Fnatic looks terrible. That was one of the last moments they were vaguely good. And then secondly, the one where he had to pick between Na'Vi and FaZe for the recent IEM clone. That was a true 50-50. In fact, a lot of people thought Na'Vi was going to win that. Like, I wouldn't have hit the other side of either of these. So basically, fate slash the universe just doesn't want Rich to win. But... I have already said when we even began this whole series, I'm not a malicious person when it comes to for forfeits. Like, I think it should be funny, but it shouldn't actually be like something you would hate to do and would be like, oh, it's like shit to do. So I'll, I'll tell you, like, I actually thought up two. 
And there's one, but I'm not really going to do this. I'm just going to say it because it would be funny to imagine. But actually, I wouldn't do this to you, Rich, because I actually know what it's like to have this happen. And it's an inhuman experience. The real joke, if I was a total cunt, is the forfeit would be this. You must attempt at 8 p.m. Central European time on a Friday night to race your flackered. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wouldn't do that, though, Rich, because I know, A, you would never succeed, obviously, because that's the whole premise of his shithead fan base. And B, it would just ruin your fucking Twitter replies for like one week, mate. Like it would, it would actually be mental, wouldn't it? Like that, that's why I wouldn't do that. That would be inhuman. So I won't do that. It's all right. So instead, I'm going with this angle. I'm just going to make you get creative in an annoying way. So if people don't know, obviously, Rich, because he was his H2K Rich once upon a time, he was obviously balls deep with our mutual friend Forgiven, wasn't he? The notorious Forgiven. And much like other people in a similar group of people, we were all the people who made the case that this was actually the best ADC and he was even revolutionised again. So here's what you have to do. But I'm going to phrase it again carefully because I'm not a cunt. I want you to be able to actually, if you're creative, you're going to be able to do this, but I'm going to phrase it carefully so it's not mutually exclusive. You have to make, it can be a tweet thread, it can be a short video you can choose you have to give me the top five reasons Reckless is a better ADC historically than Forgiven. Oh. Now, I didn't say he, he, that he is one. I just, yeah, you just yeah. have to figure out five reasons why he's better, because I want to see what you'll come up with, mate. You're going to have to get creative on this one. Not a bad yeah. one, right? Not a bad yeah, little thought. No, it's, that's, it's, We're going to read these out. It's going to be fun. If he does it as a tweet thread, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Do it. yeah. Yeah. By the way, even though, like I say, the funnier one would be the flackered one, but that the, act, the joke would last one second and the rest would just be annoyance for everyone. Like that would actually be terrible. <laughs> We're not going to do that one. It's all right. Can we can we say like if 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 you have to do it as a tweet thread, like I think you know one dedicated tweet per reason. There you it go. doesn't have to yeah. fill out the characters. That's also why I picked five as well. Because I realised picking like ten, you'd probably have to be too ridiculous. Like five's like you, we'll see what you get. We'll see what you get. To I you. think I think I can make like at least a few like legitimate reasons. Yeah, if it's sure. ten, then I am having to just no, no. I think basically. five's like it's it's just yeah. in the sweet spot. Where for four and five, you probably have to get creative and find some fucked up angle. But yeah. I'll, I'll I'll we'll see what you do. We'll see ten you. could be funny because we get him complimenting his tattoos. He'd have to eventually. The most left at that point, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, you're so brave the way he's chosen to express himself artistically. You know, do some bullshit like that, won't it? Literally. I would, that, that would be the best ones, to be honest. I would love reading them. We'd make him read them out, actually, on the next, on the next uh, episode we've got. Yes. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing that forfeit from you, Rich. Uh, and to be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing the next forfeit because with the way you're going even when you're trying you're choosing them man you're choosing them and you're still getting clean sweat yeah that's true i would say that even as thorin said there have been like a lot of 50 50s recently or whatever each time though i've gone with the one which i do like that is the way i'm heavily leading like even though oh, i fully understand the other team can yeah. win Every time I've gone with the one that I genuinely thought, like, even though it's 50 50, I think I've got the edge here. Yeah, kind of thing. I'm still still losing, aren't I? But what I would say as well, today can't be a bad day because I'm still just reading lots of replies on this Fosty thread. So <laughs> it's a bit of a banger, isn't yeah, it? Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting, by the way? All the weasels, all the biggest weasels who have oh, no redeeming, like, yeah. zero redeeming qualities, like whatsoever. And this is like the, a joke, by the way, on like my own personal Discord thing, not like a public Discord, like my just with like my my friends. Like there'll always be a moment where characters like this do something or like go one tweet too far, or whatever, and I'll be like, this guy's gonna be the next guy's get me too'd. 
this guy is definitely going to get me to. And it's not even like a serious comment. Like I've never seen this guy like personally write anything like misogynistic or like crazy mm. or whatever. Like I don't pay that much attention to him every now and then. I see him write some really cringy farming tweet that he's trying to get with like his buddies at different orgs or whatever. But it's just you can tell. And sometimes they've just got that look of them as well. Like it's like that guy looks like he probably sexually assaults women. Uh, anyway, that's alleged. Nothing, you know, confirmed there at all. In this case, it would be verbal anyway and not physical. Who knows? Maybe more will come out. We'll see. That's all I'm saying. All I'm really saying is this guy looks like he probably does all the things he's being accused of. That's all I'll say. And I'm yeah. just happy reading these threads. All I have to say about this whole topic, because I don't have anything, I have one comment alone. It's just a piece of advice for the esports industry. Just as a general rule, don't mention anything that happened during World War II. <laughs> just as a general rule. Oh, I don't think much good can come from it, can it, really, you know? Yeah, you yeah. should publish a book, Advice for Esports Beginners. Well, here's the joke. The real joke is this, Fox Job. It's actually a real joke that Monty once made on the Four Horsemen. It's true. I'm actually really good at marketing. It's just I don't apply any of it to my own account. You know, you know what I mean? If I, like, if I was actually advised, people don't know, if I actually advise like a pro, I've got friends like this, I'll make sure they never put a foot wrong and do a social four part. Like, I'll make sure like a pro player, like they go that, but I just don't apply that to myself, of course. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Well, the joke is that's why I know where you don't step. I've stepped so, all yeah. the minds. I've cleared the minds for your boys. Good, don't worry. Full on UK boomer reference, but there's a very good Faulty Towers episode on why, you know, probably shouldn't ever mention the war. You want to go watch that, and it's also a Always great time. show. So it is. go watch it. It's all right. People will forget eventually. That's a forty towers reference. Yeah, With I'll never, I'll never let these well. fuckers yeah. forget though. By the way, if this, if this, obviously this guy's gonna probably get fired or whatever, removed from esports like the rest of them. But if any of these little weasels, your broken shards, your fucking alicuses, any of these little rats try and crawl their way back from the industry, I'm immediately just going to grab everything I have by and the way, post it, by the, the way. The one that does crack me up is there'll always be the guy like, I can't believe this guy did it. Like, <laughs> were you ever... There's a list of names he just read off there, by the way. Like, mate, you wouldn't need some machine learning to identify these people might have a pattern that they might be the guy who's doing that to the women. Mm. Like... Just have you have you spent five seconds with these people? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I know it's mentally because there's always that thing of like, I can't believe they've done it. Like, who did you think was doing it? But, oh, by the way, fucking, you know, obviously, this is not a scientific take. I do not endorse this at all. But they've all got the look as well. They just happen to have the look. I'm not saying there is a look, but they all happen to have. If there were to be a scientific checklist chart, somehow, some way, they it's always have it. it. I sort of do, because even though you say that, like, I know in theory we're supposed to think, well, anyone could look like anything and think anything. Nah, but in a fucked up way, there are, those patterns do. Like, it's a bit like stereotypes. They, there's enough there that there's a reason that exists. There's a reason there's a look about certain people, as you say, you know. It's like it's like that meme of uh, James Franco in the noose. When people in, yes. people yeah. in esports are like, what? This esports yeah, person exactly. did something ridiculous and, and horrible? First time, mate? It's all right. <laughs> You can pull up a chair, you'll be ready for the time. The next time your your next favorite person comes out of being a bit of a dickhead behind the scenes. I believe we're all good and wrapped up. Is there anything you guys want to add on for, for today's episode? And uh, any, any thoughts you want to leave the viewers with before we go? No? Just good yeah. luck in your next career, Fosty. And uh, have fun on the train back to Serbia, you little weasel. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I don't want to put him straight on a train and send him back <laughs> like... Is. 
Siberian Express, okay. first class, paid for by XL Esports. Get out of here, you little. It makes rat. it sound like when you get fired, instead of like Jazzy Jeff getting thrown out the bill, they just chuck you <laughs> on the train, like, go on, off you go, back to Serbia, like, departed immediately, of course. For fuck's sake. I prefer the Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> Uh, method to be honest I think that would be fun and uh, on that on that on that brilliant note we're out of here thank you so much for watching as always and we'll see you next time